Sue, what? Why are you calling me? Because you dropped and you called me. I didn't call you. Yes. <laughs> I got what just happened? The whole reason that... And I guess we'll just say the Horcrux is carrying the idiot ball for purposes of the plot. Yes, yes, we're all very immature here on Fofa. I love him first. I love him better. I love him more. I love him most. Do not do so. Go. We have sort of gesture whatever yet. you want. And well, yeah, but we will by the end of this podcast. Hush. I think our life might have been easier sometimes if you'd had a different seat on the train. <laughs> and he's like, mommy, mommy, it's Harry Potter. Harry Potter please, can I, please, go, can look I go look at him? For Friday, October 5th, this is episode 153 of Potterfake Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. I love Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. You are. <laughs> Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. Browsers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. Waterpick Weekly. Where the story never ends. Mm-hmm. I want to go to bed, so we're gonna start yes, the podcast. We're gonna we're gonna go mm-hmm. and start. I need to figure out Christmas presents, everybody. Ugh. So anyway, we're gonna start with sixty-nine. Boop. Insert incredibly stupid immature joke here. Uh-uh. <laughs> or Scott's true. turn. Scott, you want to introduce it? I don't know. I was kicked up the call early because my internet's a horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's episode 151. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everybody. This is episode 151. And we are covering chapters 69 through probably 89 of Be Careful. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Kat. And I'm Mooney. Oh, crap. We're going to 89? Oh, dear. No, no. We're only going to 79 this time. It's a two-parter. I'm trying to be sneaky so it doesn't sound like um, 
it's two halves of the same thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, these podcasts are going to be like five hours long. What do they yeah, think we're doing? Like, I know. <laughs> yeah. we're, people were we're not sitting on a call for for that long. We could. Yeah. We could. But we're not going to. No, we're not. We just have to start it in the afternoon sometime. I know. <laughs> like you know. at noon. Oh Lord. <laughs> All right. So we so, start with Ginny facing off with Voldemort. Again. Again. Part two. Again. <laughs> now this thing is a little bit weird because it works really well as, you know, a dramatic thing for the story and all of that, but they killed the Horcrux that had anything whatsoever to do with Ginny Weasley. How would this one know who she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the this is one of the few points in Anne's universes that I'm completely thrown out of the story and just like, okay, I'm just going to get through this part because to me it makes no sense. We know from uh, canon that Tom didn't know that his Horcruxes were being destroyed mm-hmm. until he went looking for them. Mm-hmm. So that leaves me to think that the horcruxes aren't connected in any way and so this one should not recognize her i mean there there was i remember a rampant uh theory online that was going around saying that the horcruxes were connected but unless tom was concentrating on them he wouldn't realize that they were going missing so at the you know there, there were a lot of authors who were having harry at the last moment moment say like check your horcruxes and tom Riddle died with a look of shock on his face well what about the locket and cannon that call you know talks to ron though how does that because it's feeding off of ron's memories and emotions oh that's mm-hmm. true that's true it's so not I suppose this could be doing a similar thing a sort of legitimacy and go okay she's interacted with a version of me before play that up but it's still a little odd but he wouldn't it's, know. He wouldn't and, actually know anything that happened between them unless she was thinking about it. That that part actually didn't bother me as much as Tom Riddle. Like the the thing that that Ginny Weasley most desires isn't to be free. I don't mm-hmm. think at this point. Well, no, I, but I, that comes up. I it, he says I mean, like, he couldn't get in very far, so he was using all the wrong things. Right. Yeah, but I mean. It, I, I just I, the the way this was structured, just like I think Jenny of all people would be easiest to read because she's been read before, and there's there's no Harry powers or or other Horcruxes within her that are stopping the Horcrux from interacting with her. So I think Tom Riddle or this this Horcrux should have seen right through her, and I didn't. Well, it sees a lot. I mean, it sees it, that. It calls her my darling, and it says, you know, she says, I'm not your darling, you used me. And he says, well, I was young and foolish, and other people have used you too. I see my mistake. I've treated you shamefully, but I'm not the only one. And he goes on to say that, you know, he doesn't say Harry's name, but he goes on to say that Harry's treated her like a jewel to be kept in a vault and hidden away because Harry left her at school and didn't take her with him. Yeah, but I think I think her heart's true desires for for Harry to be safe at this point. And how can how can he not see like how can the Horcrux not see that? Like this is it it's very evident that Ginny is is fighting to keep Harry safe to to as big of a de- degree as possible. And I mean a bl- a blind guy can see that at this point. <laughs> I guess we'll just say the Horcrux is carrying the idiot ball for purposes of the plot. Because the plot 
says so. It, I, I was, I, I'm just saying that this is this one of the few moments where it throws me entirely out of the fic because I, it's just Ginny Weasley doesn't care about her freedom. You know, she's not the type of person who cares about herself. She wants the people that she loves to be safe. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. When I was first reading through this, it all sounded very plausible that um, I could. I was pretty sure that he wasn't really getting to her, but it seems like he is for a while, and then mm-hmm. he's kind of uh, blindsided by the fact that she just stabs him, which is always right. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, he's... Uh, the way I see it is Tom is so full of himself, he doesn't see it. He doesn't want to see it. He doesn't let himself see it. So he's thinking that what he's saying, she's listening to, and she's pretending that she's listening, and... You know, she blindsides him and and kills him. And it's because he Mm -hmm. is so full of himself that he can't see it coming. You know, oh, I I am so handsome. I'm the one. I can tell you everything you want. I can give you your heart's desires. Me, 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 me. And he, because he doesn't know love, he doesn't know Ginny's love for her family and for Harry, that he doesn't Mm -hmm. see it coming because she's going to do what she Mm -hmm. needs to do. Because of Harry. She doesn't yeah. care about Tom. I mean, I guess I'll accept that. But it, it just, I mean... Mm-hmm. These it, are it's... all things she's been thinking. It's just not nearly as important to her as um, Riddle or Horcrux or whatever you want to call it assumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. You know, I'm, I make, you know me. I, I like to make the critique of, well, this could have been better. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few mm-hmm. moments that it could have been better. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. she says, he offered me the world, but the only world I want already belongs to me. And he, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he just, he can't see that. That's not something he can Her see. Her heart's desire for years now has been to bring him down. And so she just helped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also actually, he's w- had his villain monologue a little bit, which gives them a, yeah. l- a couple of clues, which is nice. <laughs> it's called the... It's called the evil speech of evil. Well, and we were talking about that on something not too long ago. Probably something that got released very recently, so this will be a year later and it won't make any sense. But (laughs) that all these evil people, you know, they have to stop and they have to monologue. And they tell them, oh, this is what I'm going to do to you and this is what's going to happen. And while they're doing that, the person escapes. I mean, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's Batman or Voldemort or what. It always happens. These mm-hmm. evil yep. people need to stop their talking, and they just need to get the deed done, and then things would, you know, work out. In well, their favor. I, it's actually there's this TV show that that Scott and I both know that in their commentary they explain this very well. It's not that they're trying to waste time. It's just that they want to establish that their view of the world is a legitimate view of the world. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that they're explaining they, how they're the good guy, really. Yeah. They, they think that they're the good guy in all this. There's a, it's very rare that a villain actually thinks they're a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, some villains will be aware that other people perceive them that way. Um, or like sociopaths will say, yeah, the world has these weird morals and things, I just don't care. But most people think they're just doing what's best for them or best for their group or best for whatever, and they're doing things the way they need to be done. And they don't realize that 
a lot of people perceive them as evil or they have mm-hmm. to explain to the people that do how they're all wrong and really they're only trying to save the world or do whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyhow, we have two Horcruxes down, three if you count the snake, and mm-hmm. they're happy. And they kind of have an idea where the other one of the Horcruxes might be mm-hmm. in the room of requirement. And they're hoping that maybe Luna or Luna's friend might send that along, too. Yeah. They haven't quite worked out the room of requirement thing, but they know it's probably in a room at Hogwarts or a Gringotts vault. Because they don't know that the cup was sent from a Gringotts vault. Right. But, you know. So, Ron says... And then we have some squishy moments <laughs> between Ron and Hermione and Harry and Ginny and Hermione going in and watching Harry and Ginny and... She thinks it's good because Harry needs to be happy and she doesn't get nearly as worked up over this as Ron does. Right. And she also does sneakily comes up and copies Ginny's memory of something. We don't actually know what at this point, but Mm -hmm. that will show up again later. I've always interested me people's different variations of how memories work because no two authors are alike. There are all sorts of things you could do with them. Yeah. So, yeah, Harry's being uh, his version of a bed rail because he doesn't want Ginny to fall out of bed. So he's sleeping next to her so she doesn't fall out. I thought that was very sweet. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could go and borrow a wand, but he doesn't want to bother the others. And, you know, this is just easier. It's all very practical. uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Falling out of the bed is a dangerous thing. My cousin did it once and fell out of the top bunk and didn't even wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my um, we went camping once when my baby brother, who's ten years younger than I am, was a baby, and he cried off and on all night long, except for the time when my other brother, who's three years younger than I am, rolled off the top bunk and hit the floor. So we were awake all night, except for and you know Brian slept through that one little part where Michael screamed instead of Brian, but it was an, it was an awful camping trip. I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a bad experience. It was not fun. So uh, he hears, Ron hears a, a muffled popping noise from inside the tent, and he thinks mm-hmm. that he hears her opening a, a butterbeer, and she comes out and says, you want it hot or cold? And he says, you have to ask hot, please. And she heats Maybe. it up, and they say cheers, and he says, that's good. What did you do? Apparate to the three broomsticks? And... You know, she almost panics for a minute, and then she's like, no, no, no. And Oh, Hermione, you need to learn to lie. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly an actress. No. no. Hmm, maybe we now know where she was when she was missing for that little bit of time? Which little bit of time? When they, uh, when they were back after getting Ginny, and they couldn't find Hermione for a while. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought you meant, like, in canon. I was just like... No, they were having sex in the chamber secrets. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not later. <laughs> yes, but that, that, I, I didn't know she was referring to canon or, or oh, I okay. mean, Hermione going missing for a little while seems to be a common occurrence in a lot of fics. <laughs> yes, but I didn't mm. say she went missing with Ron. She went by herself. That's so true. <laughs> she could not have been having sex with Ron in the chamber of secrets if he was not missing. <laughs> That's well, true. maybe... <laughs> If she caught me, yeah, oh, I don't want to go there. 
<laughs> Too late. You already went there. Yep. Not have had my mics. <laughs> no, I'm back uh, to the butterbeer, though. Is it better warm? Because I had a cold and it was awful. The stuff at... Uh, uh, the homemade stuff or the stuff at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? The stuff at the Wizarding World was just... I couldn't handle it. That's crap, that's crap regardless of where you get it. Or okay. how, how, what temperature you get it at. Uh, the homemade stuff is, I, in my opinion, better warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it warm. Duly noted. I and the way you make the- it depends on whether you actually like the taste of cream soda, which seems to be in far too many of the recipes. Mm-hmm. But um, Scott... Oh well. There's only cream, there's only cream soda and um cream the alcohol the mel- muggle that one and it was non-alcoholic. I've oh. tried looking it up in various different places and um all the non-alcoholic ones I could find seemed to have cream soda or something in them. Oh, I'm thinking weird. of pumpkin juice. Oh, okay. Cream soda and the pumpkin juice? That doesn't sound good. No, no, there's no cream soda and pumpkin juice. Good. I was starting to worry. <laughs> I made the pumpkin shakes. They were quite wonderful. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm, yeah. All right. Anyway. And I understand that the frozen butterbeer is quite wonderful. That's yeah, I probably that. should have had mine frozen. Yeah. That's apparently fantastic, but I'm not paying $15 for a frozen butterbeer. Yeah, well, you know. I'm a cheap soul. So, Ron and Hermione are drinking theirs, and they seem to enjoy them. And they're talking about what are we going to do about Ginny? Or Ron starts talking about that anyway. And Hermione says, well, I think basically we should leave it up to her because there's not much we can do at this point. Mm-hmm. And Ron's bringing up, you know, the fact that if she's on this camp out, then she she, she could get killed. But Hermione kind of points out that she could get killed either way. There's no getting around the whole danger right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she just faced something almost worse than death at Hogwarts, so... She's almost safer mm-hmm. with them. And um, he says, the them. first time she uses magic, we'll get caught, and Hermione says, you know, even though you're a pureblood, you can't live for long periods of time without using magic, and they're having their... doing their usual wrangling thing, and then Harry Keep pokes his head over the chest and says, some of us are trying to sleep. This oh, reminds sorry. me of, uh, oh, what is that book? Uh, In the Night Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good story. And then, um, so Harry clearly gets butterbeers for him and Ginny, and they cast Muffliato. God knows what they do in there. Well, <laughs> Muffliato is cast. <laughs> um, so Ginny gives Harry uh, her wand. Mm-hmm. So he can use it because she can't use it while she's underage. And Harry's all, yes, yes, we're all very immature here on Fofa. <laughs> and Anne is apparently going with the idea that the trace is cast on the person rather than the wand, which I've seen in other fix, where Harry goes off somewhere and gets a different wand and pays extra to not have the trace on it. Is that canonical, though? Because... When we were hearing Harry talk to Dumbledore about the trace, and if you're an underage wizard in a of-age wizard's house, since they can't tell who's casting the magic, the trace is essentially gone. Right. I feel yeah, like I, I feel like the trace is kind of like GPS, though. It's it's you know it, it's only good for a certain number of meters, and the thing with Harry is that he was the only wizard in the area. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's like honing on MGPS. Well, you know, he's no, no. Harry makes sense. I I have no problem with Harry getting caught. Well, except well, for when I, I, it's kind of generally accepted in fandom, whichever way the trace works, that kids of pure blood or half blood households, their parents are expected to regulate their magical use. Mm-hmm. So right. in households like Draco Malfoy clearly got more practice because his parents, you know, were aristocratic and hoity-toity about how things were. And in households like the Weasleys, they had more of an iron fist when it came to the kids should not be using magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Although I I'm don't sure the think... twins stole their parents' wands at every opportunity anyway. Well, of course, and Ginny. Yeah. Right. Ha- has Joe even like acknowledge this tiny detail if it's on the wand or the wizard i don't think so i don't think so either so i i think i i well, it must away. be on the wand because when harry does accidental magic when he leaves from aunt marge's he doesn't get a letter but he gets one when he when dobby does the the explodey pudding thing but yeah, that wouldn't but- make sense either well, okay, so what happened there was, because I've read this too many times, um, in his year three, they were too scared about Sirius Black to care oh, about true. his accidental burst of mag- yeah. magic. Yeah. But the basically way I, waved the, it. The way I looked at it in year two is they didn't specifically look about about who cast the magic, whether mm-hmm. it be Harry the in his body or the wand, because they've said that the wand is only a conductor, because people mm-hmm. can cast wandless magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they didn't look like, oh, was it Harry? They just saw that there was magic in Little Winging, and they assumed yeah. that it was Harry. It's It happened the same in Book 5, was it five? Yes, it Only was five. with the Dementor, five, though, but then the it de- didn't... With the Dementors, because they assumed that he had caught, cast the magic because they they saw magic what happened. Although that was but then it magic. didn't trigger when Lupin and company came to get them and cast magic, though. Probably because mm. Dumbledore cleared it with the ministry that they were going to come get Harry. So there were going to be other wizards in the area. I, I don't... I, I think it's like GPS, and I will accept it it either way at this point until Joe rules otherwise. I think it mm-hmm. makes more sense to cast it on the wizard because if they just cast it on the wand, then, you know, switch wands with, you know, a 17-year-old. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which then makes Tom Tom's murder of his grandparents very interesting then. Yeah, he probably borrowed his grandfather's wand or died. Or wait, no, that doesn't... He was 17. No, he used his own wand. No, yeah, he wasn't. He would have been 16. 17. No, he wasn't. No? No. Well. <laughs> I'm not sure they knew. It that seems to me. place in some weird place, so they wouldn't have known who to slap with. Uh, um, it seems black. to me that, no, this is what happened. If I'm remembering correctly, he went to his grandfather's. Right. And he, killed them. Well, wait. He went to his mother's father's house. Mm-hmm. No, he went to his father's. Wait, house. wait, wait. No, 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 no. He went to his mother's father's house and took the wand. He went to his father's parents' house and killed the three of them. So and it's on then, the wand? 
his grandfather on his mother's side was accused of doing it and was um no wasn't it his uncle because wasn't well or his uncle whatever no it was it was Marapi's father he died is it his uncle I don't know one of them whoever was there was accused of doing it and he had been confunded so that he thought he did it just the same way as Hufflepuff's cup was taken and the house elf was blamed isn't that mm-hmm. canon? Well, I, I'm looking it up. That would sort of work on. either way. Because it could be he took the wand in order not to you know, be trained. Yeah, it was more it be it was he took the wand for extra proof. Yeah. yeah, well, I think he took the wand for um, so that when they tested Priority the wand, yep, it would show up as yeah. his. And, and the trace would one. just send them to the Gaunt House because those are the only wizards in the area again. Right. So. right. Yeah. So again, we don't have proof. So it's, it has to be on, on the body because he, he stole Morphin's wand. Mm-hmm. Um, so Priory and Contatum works. But mm-hmm. Morphin was an average wizard, so it has to be on the body. So we know that Ginny's wand, we have proven that Ginny's wand will work with Harry and the trace will not be set off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it works. There we go. And now that we are done with this episode of <laughs> Mathematical Harry Potter first <laughs> We're going to move on to Hello and Welcome to Potter Watch. <laughs> River. And as always, I'm your host. And we have Radiance and her helpful tips for the lovely Radiance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love and also you. Reflection the Potter Spotter. Yay! Where has Potter been? Harry Potter's been. Yep. And then we sort of skipped over uh, Ginny browbeating Harry into letting her stay. Yeah, uh, but that's what gets announced on Potter Watch is that she's unfortunately contracted spatterroid due to uh, nursing Ron over the holidays. Oh dear! But they got Prognosis her out of school cautious, before she was infectious. Yeah. And now the news. And we uh, change to chapter seventy. I love the first part of this chapter so much. Mm-hmm. And we have Megan giving Draco a bad time because he's been a little busy bee. He's, uh... They're watching the TVP mm-hmm. to, into canon. And, yeah, he has been a very busy bee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's so awkward. Draco has been placing Slytherins in awkward positions and thereby discrediting them. Naughty, naughty positions. <laughs> yeah, not just awkward positions, like awkward turtle positions. Yeah, it sounded pretty painful. Gentle <laughs> yeah. uh, Draco protested mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then we have a discussion with Starwing and Ray about whether or not that would actually be enjoyable if you went about it the right way. And, uh, Apparently it is. <laughs> and Nini just does not want to hear it either way. How I would her? Mm-hmm. Stop, please. That is far more than I need to know about my brother's sex life. How much do you need to know about your brother's sex life? Then Neville asks grinning, nothing! As, as someone with a, a, an older brother, I, I don't need to know anything about my brother's sex life. Yeah. No. I actually found out something recently about my brother's sort of sex life, and it scarred me very badly. So. Oh, dude, there's just no recovering from that. It's like it's like the first time you re- realize that your parents at one time had sex. 
Or you wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, the, the, the first time you realize it, it's just like, oh. I never really had that moment. I don't know. And then Draco kind of uh, talks himself into a corner. And mm-hmm. Lunas asks him if they can try that sometime. And he says, only after we're married. And she says, oh, are we getting married then? <laughs> <laughs> a lot ooh, when I was from several points of the room. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe. And he decides the only way he could get out of that with any sort of grace and dignity is to actually ask her to marry him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which she wasn't really expecting quite. Nope. Dear Mom, she said yes. More details after I stopped flying without my broom. Deliriously yours, Draco. <laughs> yeah. I do I do love this whole panicked self-discussion that he has. He, he's worried about the war and he's worried about how they've known each other over the years and and just the whole complicated situation and how strong is love and there's Ray and Starwing who are their counterparts and that's kind of awkward and, and they just kind of settles on, will you marry me? And just makes everybody giggle. Mm-hmm. And then we change to Mr. Zabini, who's not having a very good day. And, you know, he's like, stay calm, stay calm. He's just come to give me a lecture about making a new potion without consulting him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Snape's just got this thundercloud on his head, on his face. Somebody's <laughs> in trouble. Anything to say for yourself. And he's like, I didn't mean for it to happen. Well, I mean, in in some way, I kind of love the fact that Anne did this because let's see, let's review what happened over the last few days. Ginny Weasley went missing. Several other items that were very valuable went missing. Ginny, something, something with Ginny, something smells fishy. <laughs> and there's, you know, one kid that you can incur all your wrath on because you can't do anything else. This is the first kid that's gotten in trouble. Mm-hmm. There is something rotten in the state of Denmark. Yes. And, you know, he's like, uh, what exactly did you intend to happen in place? It's like, she told me no. Nobody <laughs> tells me no. I... <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't actually say it, but of course, Snape can read his mind mm-hmm. and uh, interrupts him before he manages any sort of excuse. Yeah. And... <laughs> Blaze is terrified because he realizes he does actually know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Snape chooses to tell him that, unfortunately, there's probably no antidote. <laughs> so he's stuck with Crab and Goyle following him around like lovesick puppies. <laughs> yep. Sucker. And then he leaves. And you can just him right. see him sweeping out in that trademark thing, you know, a little turn with the cape and <laughs> sweeping out of the room. Mm-hmm. With like a ghost of a, of a smile on his face. Yeah. Yep. He says, I expect you will behave politely and kindly toward your fellow students for the rest of the year and will be watching. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always like when Scott does the Snape play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... You know, through the TVP, the happy, good Blaise Zabini I love is, is <laughs> watching himself <laughs> um, 
get punished, essentially. Because Snape lied bastard. to him. There really is a antidote. He just doesn't think he should know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he'll tell him eventually, I'm sure. And yep. Blaise Zabini apparently is with Colleen Lamb. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is... He's congratulating himself on having excellent taste. <laughs> yes. yep. Are you insulting my girlfriend, Harry Dunanigan, please? <laughs> no, I'm complimenting mine and congratulating myself on having excellent taste, unlike my counterpart. I think what he's trying to say is that he's proud of himself for having found a girl who's, who was interested back. Translating English into English now, are we? Translating Slytherin into Gryffindor, a far more daunting task. Mm-hmm. True, true. Blaze oh. true. It's around the t- cheek. I kept myself lucky to have such an excellent translator around. No! The sound is very, barely understandable. The, the heartbreaking sorrow on the face of the boy who, who now lurched through the audience, which was now most of the 6th and 7th grades. Yeah, 6th and 7th years currently attending Hogwarts. And fell to his knees in front of Blaze was unmistakable. Do not kiss her! I love you! <laughs> you cannot love him! <laughs> I love him first. I love him better. I love him more. I love him most. Do not do so. Now we regret. And this is, of course, Vincent Gregg having a lovely time playing everything up. Mm-hmm. I I really liked that Anne kind of had this um, contrast that Vincent Gregg are, if not you know extremely intelligent as Hermione, like, at least smart and can do sarcasm and... and They're not so like. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not completely... They're not expected to be do-nothing but be bodyguards, essentially. And I could just picture them standing there throwing the giant theater punches at each other that miss completely. Mm -hmm. Yep. Smack their fist on their way around so it sounds like it hit them and... Yeah. Yep. And then we jump to Ron, Harry, Hermione, and Ginny. We have just heard the Potter watch that we heard at the end of the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of theater play fighting and things, um, I was watching a little clip of an interview by Tom Felton when uh, Hermione punches him in uh, Goblet. Movie three. Movie three. No. Oh, yeah, it was three. Sorry. Sorry. Um, And she... They were practicing, and he thought she was just going to, you know, a theater slap him, and she, he just says, go for it, and she smacks <laughs> him across the face. <laughs> Sorry, do that again. So, it, 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 it took him quite off guard. Did she really yeah. slap him? Oh, yeah, she just all out smacked him. <laughs> well, he so, asked for it. That, that, that is true. He did. He said, go for it, so, you know, she did. <laughs> I wonder if that's the take they ended up using. Didn't she punch him, though, Nelly? She yeah. did. I didn't like that. I don't think she slapped him. There's there's, there's a whole different version of body language. Like, a, a slap means so much more than mm-hmm. punching someone in the nose. Yeah, but it feels, well, no, it doesn't. The slap feels better, I assure you. Yeah, I suppose. Um, especially if you don't know how to reinforce your, your wrist yeah. uh, correctly, mm-hmm. you can actually do damage to yourself through a punch. A slap is fairly easy to not do damage to yourself. Um, I don't know why they had her punch him. Who knows? Anyway, so... I, why, I think he explained, but anyway. 
Anyway, they're that's in a completely a... different place, but I did kind of like his head bouncing off this rock. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. We're way off course. So we're back to Potawat, and the foursome are astonished. Well, the three the three trio who have not been listening to Potter Watch um, are astonished to hear the headlines. Right. And Jenny's just kind of like, quiet, 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 I want to hear this. So, you know, then Radiance comes in, um, and, you know, welcome to the second edition of Tips of Evil Overlords. I am the lovely Radiance, and tonight we'll be covering a few basic rules for tra- treatment of prisoners. And Ron hasn't heard before that Luna's been sending tips to Potter Watch. Mm-hmm. She's only done it a few times. And then we have Reflection, who yeah. whose voice they sort of kind of recognize but can't quite put it together. And we find out that he is Reflection the Potter Spotter. <laughs> and he can tell you where Harry Potter's been. Please not know, where he is right now. Yeah, not but. now, but where he's been in the past. <laughs> and yeah. he tells them, and they're freaking out because he knows where they've been. And nobody should know that. Yep. So they're freaking out. I will know that this is this is the like I guess the stupidity rule of all stories that there has to be this one character that they can't quite put their finger on, and then another clue, and they can't put their finger on it, and it's just like, are you dense? Mm. This is, I mean, a two-year-old could put this together. Like this is not hard. Yeah, you, Harry's going, hmm, who have I dueled? I, I don't know, I, I just can't, it doesn't seem to work. Oh, uh, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, he doesn't sound anything like Draco Malfoy because he's much too cheerful and um, all well, that. Well, yeah, but stuff. I mean... But it, still, you, you'd you've think heard, they would eventually put it together. You've heard Draco Malfoy cheerful before, just not cheerful about good things. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, yeah. I mean, it's a very cute ploy, and I'll, I'll, I go along with it because I love the reveal and the looks on everyone's faces when they figure it out. But it's just kind of like, are you really, really, really? You're 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 playing this card. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing the the. We don't know who it is, really. You don't know who it is. When you know Remus, who you've known for like two years, you don't know the kid that is your worst enemy for the last seven. Mm-hmm. And seems to be going with um, the fact that Draco's learned to be a good actor because in some of the chapters that are coming up, when he meets up with people, she references directly him putting on his reflection voice. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously trying not to sound like himself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, I just it. I I think it's funny that you know. Yeah. There's this handwriting that we find very familiar, but we can't quite place. There's this voice that we found in Would they know Draco's handwriting, though? They wouldn't know Draco's, probably. They wouldn't. Well, but they, it was Luna's on the package. It says, uh, have... Potter told you so, and they already know that Draco told Ron, tell Potter his sister's a Slytherin. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, <laughs> they just can't like... bring themselves to believe Draco is actually being helpful. Right. It, it, it's the, I'm going to hit you over the head, in the, the head with a pot really soon, because 2 plus 2, guess what? Sometimes it equals 5. Well, it's like okay, the Draco Did you guys see the little kids whose parents took away their Halloween candy and told them they ate it? No, I no. haven't seen it. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it, no. The last two kids were so cute, because everybody else just cried. They just threw themselves on the ground, and they cried, and they screamed, and they threw a fit. 
And this mother went up to these two little boys, and one was probably five, and one was probably three. And she said, I ate all your candy. I ate it all. It's gone. And he, and the five-year-old looked at her, and he went, you're going to get a tummy ache. No, you're going to get two tummy aches because you ate both candy bags. Two. Two tummy aches. And the little brother looks at him, and he goes, two plus two is five. And the big brother leans over and he goes, it's four. But you did really good. It's the cutest thing. So hey, you reminded me of that with the putting two plus two together. I'm sorry. Two plus two can equal five for what? extremely large How? values of two. No, oh, well, anyhow, this little guy. He was it's, a, it's a math joke. I, I hold on. I, I'll type it to you in the chat. Okay. I don't do math. Me neither. So, and then we move to Sith Slivereth. <laughs> Snape, because I apparently can't say Severus tonight, who has mysteriously gotten Ginny's memory. Hmm, wonder how he got that. Hmm. And it shows how happy she is and that she's with Potter and kind of what happened. And he thinks to himself, well, this might have been a really, you know, she's probably safer and it solved the problem of the sword. And he looks at Dumbledore and he says, exactly how did you pull this one off? And Dumbledore's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's when we find out that there really is a antidote to the potion that Sabini mm-hmm. did. And uh, so Draco gets a letter from his mom. Mm-hmm. And she says that the only thing that really tops this news that you're getting married is this, you know, imagining everyone's reactions in your original world, which I'm sure would be varied and quite interesting so she you know she wants to she congratulates them and makes plans to meet them in Hogsmeade next week and then she loves the two of them and then the chapter ends and we start with 71 boop Mm -hmm. be careful which story you trust I love the end of the author's note in in 70 and no I'm not sorry for whatever images you may have encountered from the first part of the chapter it's your own fault for having a dirty mind. <laughs> no, we would not have a dirty mind. Not, uh, not us. No, whatsoever. Mm-mm. So Draco's uh, back in his world. However, we're going to look at this. Canon. The canon world. And somebody, Pete <laughs> Blonde Slytherin, has addressed him. And she wants to know if he's responsible for a phot- photograph that she holds out to him. And he needs all of his acting skill. Because he didn't know somebody brought a camera. Oops. (laughs) And he says, I don't know why you'd think I had anything to do with it. And she says... Calls him on it. Yeah. Well played. You gave the impression that you weren't involved without ever stating it outright. So technically you are not lying. Very clever. And he says, I don't think I caught your name. And she says, I didn't throw it. I love uh, these guys. Mm-hmm. They're being all Slytherin at each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So cute. Well, it's also, you know, Slytherins aren't not all tattletales, and they're not they they're not all single-minded. Yeah. These, and there's a reason to be subtle at this particular point. They're kind of in oh, a tricky position right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If, if, you, if you're a Slytherin during Deathly Hallows... And you do not agree with Voldemort's regime, you're going to shut up and sit down, or else oh, you're yeah. dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
This is why I love DV because there are people on our side that won't, you know. Well, I I mean, I I understand why J.K. Rowling did it the way she did it because the Slytherins were supposed to represent all the bullies in her life, and I totally understand that. But to be fair, I mean... We're not all bad, I promise. (laughs) It's the whole, you know, division of how you function. It's, you know, do you use your head over your heart or your heart over your head? And and where are you grounded? And and all these things that you can analyze into what makes a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw or a Slytherin. And a quarter of the population is going, roughly, is going to be Slytherin. And then, you know, you can't say a quarter of the wizarding world's population is going to be evil. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we had Budge and Umbridge and, and Peter Pettigrew and, and all these people who were not in Slytherin explicitly, who were pretty darn evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... He wants to know why he isn't in the headmaster's office, and she says, well, because it was funny. And it made sure that our housemates didn't get blamed for somebody wearing their faces. And I've always been wanting to break up dear Daffy Waffy and not very bright. You did it for me. Yay. I owe you lunch. I owe you lunch for it. Next Hogsmeade visit. And he says, it's a date. And then he wants to know her name. And he drops into a rumpled still skin reference, and she's, like, totally confused. Yep. <laughs> Wants to know if he's propositioning her for marriage, because he says, you know, do I have to wait until my firstborn child? And uh, she says... Until you get my firstborn child. Yeah. She says, call me Story, since she seemed to like them so much. Mm-hmm. And off she's gone. And, of course, we know exactly who this is fairly mm-hmm. quickly. Because, you know... Someone who is acquainted with and annoyed by Daphne Green, uh, Greengrass with something close to story as her name. A younger Slytherin who Draco hasn't particularly noticed before. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Luna oh, says, well. she likes She likes you. <laughs> I, I actually imagine her going, she likes you, just because, I mean, Luna's a little quirky, and she's, I don't think Luna would be bothered by the concept that another girl would like Draco. No, she wouldn't be. Because Draco's going to marry her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't you think she's a little young for me? And Luna says, she wouldn't always be. So, And she can see something strange around them that she hasn't seen before, which we know what that's probably about, but Mm -hmm. they'll get into that more specifically later. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be going away. It's going to go away. So whatever, I, I took that as... Yeah, whatever it is that Luna is seeing around him and uh, Astoria is going to just, just going to have to go away because he is not going to be in that world very long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's his plan. So he's still worrying about the future because it's only a few months before Walpurgis well, Night, which is his next challenge, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. but a lot could happen in a few months, especially the way the wizarding, the canon world is going. Right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. What Draco actually says is, oh, it's only a few months. What could happen in a few months? And they both just look at him. Because mm-hmm. you never Famous say that kind word. of thing. So they all just laugh. Mm-hmm. And then we move to story and Draco 
having a butterbeer, and he mm-hmm. uh, looks at her and says, So, been any good books lady, lately? And she's like, uh, is that your sense of humor? And he's like, no, it's my awful pickup line. I have hundreds. I know. More? <laughs> and she's like, no, thanks. Yeah. And she, she asks him, what does he do when he's not setting up the other Slytherins? And he tells her all of the things that are going on, but she doesn't get any of it. Of course not. He's <laughs> deliberately exaggerating things and phrasing them so they sound unbelievable. But right. I'm a part-time pirate at the moment, but I'm going to night school to be a hidden hero helper with a side specialty in appearing to be a junior evil bastard. It makes the big reveal at the end so much more dramatic, you know? That sounds like a restaurant like serving courses or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, and she's like, that- either you're completely mad... Or you finish your story. Stories should have, or finish your sentence. Stories should have closure. Yeah. And she laughs at him. Because neither of them are what the other expected. Mm -mm. Draco not thinking anyone else in his house was, you know, sane. Mm -hmm. But it turns out something has happened in her life that has made her take a more direct stand against what her parents believe. I, I really... I, I love this exchange just because some of us like people in other houses stories saying, or did you, Draco asked quietly. Her name was Natalie. She was a Gryffindor. She was a Muggleborn. She was my friend. And she's dead. Someone is going to pay. Right. Draco leaned forward, pitching his voice to carry only as far as the girl. Do you know names? One. Only one. One is all I need. Yeah. Draco smiled slowly. Just call me the collector. Mm-hmm. Which is another movie reference. <laughs> Draco's in so many movie trailers at the moment. Yeah. He's having a great time. He's having way too much time and much fun. You, know, you can imagine the, the <laughs> titles and the music and everything, you know. Although that Either reminds that me of the, the beginning of a CSI Miami or something. Anyway, so yeah. enters Draco playing Quidditch. Which I find hysterical. <laughs> uh, and they're so back he's... in the... the nicer universe, at least for him, mm-hmm. and he's playing, and they're practicing to play against the Gryffindor fun team, who are apparently really good at all sor- all sorts of the wacky tricks, so you have to be careful with them. Right. It's it's kind of like, um, what's the team? What's the American team? And it's the Harlem favorite. Globetrotters? Yes, yes. Who were actually here not very long ago, and I only found out about it after they'd left. Oh. Yeah. That's too bad. I played at one of the local high schools. So it was interesting to see them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the whistle's blown and they're kind of packing up to give the Gryffindors the field to practice. And he comes across a gingery blonde-haired seeker. Right. And she introduces herself as Natalie McDonald. Yeah. And yeah. the girl like, we've just learned uh-huh. was killed in the other universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, her boyfriend... And then Graham. Graham. Hi, Graham. Like fourth year Slytherin. And, he's, and he figures he's pretty likely to be another member of the same Slytherins, and he's got an even better motive for revenge than she does. Right. Oh, yeah. So, Abby and Luna are talking, and I'm assuming that this is canon Luna, because at, at this point, they, they have started to refer to raise Luna as Starling. Right. Fairly mm-hmm. constantly. It was apparently um, her idea. Yeah. So she's the younger uh, one. Yeah, she is. They're talking about his question that he sort of asked flippantly earlier, what would I do without you? Mm-hmm. And 
they're <laughs> both of them being seers. Um, they work out that apparently he would marry that other girl, and you know it'd work around. It would work out, but not as well as they think their plans will. Right. Mm-hmm. And he'd give his son a worse name than he has. <laughs> Which would just be wrong. Scorpius? And Draco comes in at that Scorpius point. Scorpius Hyperion like, Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no recovering from that. <laughs> nope, nope. I still say if they had a daughter, they would name her Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a pretty good name, like as far as the Wizarding World goes. But but, I mm-hmm. but I mean, Scorp- Scorpius Hi- Hyperion Malfoy is almost as as bad as Eustace Clarence Scrubs. <laughs> and this is all the better because just the other day I was watching the episode of Leverage, which is the show Cat was talking about earlier, in which they go into a private school and all the students have names like that. The, the sort of kid protagonist of the episode is a guy named Whitmark Fowler, and the, his the bully is named Skyler, and there, there's a Sienna, and uh, all sorts of yeah. These, these are all like really rich kids, trust funds. It's just like oh, yeah. you, know, you would you would never you would never ha- meet a Steve in here. No. They're all like it's like Apple. Who names their kid Apple? Some people do. Not people Someone who's who really to fond of their computer, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> well, they could be uh, fond of the apple tree too. Mm-hmm. So, so you honestly think that these like super rich celebrities who name their kids Apple and stuff are listening to Pofa? You never know. <laughs> I laugh at that. We have, really we have some pretty amazing like, listeners, uh, listeners out there. Oh, I, I'm not saying that our, um, our listeners aren't amazing. I think all our listeners are amazing. But I'm saying if there if there are if there is a celebrity out there who you know listens to Puffa, I will eat my shoe and my hat. Okay. So we all of these celebrities, celebrities out there, out there. please email Sue at Ducksfoot at PotterFickWeekly.com. Let us know that you're there, because I really want to see her eating her shoe and her hat. Yes. At the same time? If you're listening, before you've had any children, do consider before you name them. (laughs) Please, because Scorpius, Hyperion, the the kid's going to get his ass kicked. I just, I, Mm I have nothing else to say. Well, considering what supposedly Nymphadora Tonks' middle name is now... Yeah, but I mean, at least they named their kid a sane name. I mean, Teddy. That's Probably not in Teddy. reaction. Teddy's a, a fairly okay name. Even Hugo's an okay name. But Scorpius? Well, as long as it's not Elvin Dork, we're good. It's good in sex, though. I was going to name my kid Elvin Dork. What's wrong with Elvin Dork? I'm not sure it really is unisex. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. Seriously, so, it must be true. Well, yeah, but <laughs> tonks. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just terrifying. Yeah. Oh, what was Andromeda thinking? I don't know. I don't think well, she was. you know, just look at Andromeda. Hmm, True. So. And John was saying though, compared to Nimbador of Vulpecky, oh my god. Alright. Minor tangent. I'm uh, oh, okay. on I was the... gonna drag us on back on topic, but go ahead, Scott. 
we'll get there. But the, in the de- documentary of where they followed Joe Rowling around in the last year when she was writing Deathly Hallows and all of that, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a clip from the giant signing in Trafalgar Square or wherever it is once it was released, mm-hmm. where she's telling a boy named Hugo that he will find another boy named Hugo in this book. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cute. That is cute. Mm-hmm. That's very cute. Yeah. See, kids are named Hugo, and and various other things that that you know th- those not, my, aren't necessarily normal names, but they're names that are named. What's wrong with Hugo? Nothing's wrong with Hugo. I don't know. In fact, People seem to have a favorite... little bit of trouble with it, but it's good. Well, I mean, I understand. It's not. It's not a common name, but I understand where Hermione got it. Okay. Victor Hugo. Of course. We're beating a dead horse, guys. Come on. <laughs> Back to the podcast. To the, to the story. So, so moving uh, on. Draco and Luna make plans to go watch a meteor shower, which you just know is going to have other things happen. Oh, yes. Aww. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, the the relationship between fandom and the astronomy tower, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to guess what was happening. Called, Be careful what sky you watch. Boop. I remember asking Anne what was going to happen and throwing out ideas, and she kept going, no, 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 but I finally gave up. So here they are, lying out at the top of a hill, looking at the stars, making wishes. Yep. Draco doesn't think he has much left to wish for. (laughs) And they're interrupted by someone shouting spells. Yes. So they have to go see what's going on. Of course they do. It's It's like they're astronomy all over again. I have a question. Okay. Why in the hell would you go stargazing in Canaan in the middle of a freaking war? Well, because that's where the, um, well, they didn't think they'd be interrupted out in the middle of nowhere, and that's where the meteor shower was going to be. It didn't sound like it was going to be in the other universe. I don't care. That's freaking dumb. Nah. They just were out there. You're just asking for it. Well, that's like only because if Puffwa is talking about him. Around. If Puffwa hadn't been talking about him, nothing would have happened because, you know, it's only <laughs> us that causes this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's because they have to be out there to run into Dean Thomas. Yes, we need Dean Thomas. Oh, fine. But still, you know what I mean? It's just... Because the plot says so. No, I agree. It, it, yeah. It's, you know... You'd think they would think I, that I, through I, a little more, but... Oh, well. You know, I... I I'll accept it just because the frontal lobe, when you're 17 years old, it's not fully developed, and you know you don't make the best decisions of your life. But no, as, you know, as a 22 year old with a fully developed frontal lobe, thank you very much. I would like to say that this is stupid. Okay, I don't think yeah. my frontal lobe is completely developed yet. I know mine is. <laughs> Mine's still fine. no. So somebody's coming. And they, we have somebody scrambling up the hill, horse breathing of a goblin behind him, and the other goblin's dead, and he's not sure, and he should go back and help, but, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, and he gets tackled, and, and she says, he gets... don't worry, it's us. And she recognizes, recognizes Luna. Cloak dropped over his head, and his arms pinned down, and, yeah, so... They, uh, I don't think it's the cloak actually. He just trips over her robes because she's disillusioned, mm-hmm. and then she oh. disillusions him as well. Okay, well, yep. I just saw invisible, so I was thinking there was a cloak. So, see, yep. they were disillusioned. 
Nobody would have seen him out there in stargazing. It would have been fine. Oh, fine. So they so, get the snatcher um, that's chasing him. Yep. And, and they establish who is alive and who's dead. And Cresswell's dead. And I don't think we ever met Cresswell. Um, except for that two seconds in the book. In the book. Um, mm. and but Tonks Dean, is down there. Yeah, Tonks left behind. And we need and we need Ted. We need Ted. Mm-hmm. Ted. <laughs> um, and he's very weak because he's a muggle. He can't do anything against the snatchers except for basically give Dean time. Um, right. which is I very thought he was Gryffindor a muggle born. Yeah, isn't he a muggle born? He's a muggle born. Yeah, he can he can do magic. He's muggle born. Okay, it's it's. Yeah. But he's older and slower, and he's been caught, well, basically. I mean, part of it was, part of that was that there was a lot of confusion um, on Rowling's part, or, well, on the fans' part, because in one book she said he was a muggle, and in another book she said he, she was, he was a muggle-born. Yeah, well, in this it says that his wand is on the ground at his feet. So he's a muggle-born. So All right, he's a he's muggle-born. Born. Um, yeah. So Ted is lo- he thinks he's lost too much blood, mm-hmm. and... Draco, of course, knows a spell to to help that, and but but Ted's dying, and yeah. it's so sad. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. And they, you know, he's thinking about Andromeda, and and, and Luna oh, says man. we'll tell her, and Tonks too, and yeah. you know, he just sags back, and and yeah, and Dean is ready to make them pay, and. Uh, or no, it was it's Draco, who's Luna's friend, who's ready to make them pay, and mm-hmm. Dean doesn't know exactly how, mm-hmm. and they have a thought. Yes. Yeah. How about they disguise themselves as the Snatchers and bring the unconscious Snatchers in as themselves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So awesome. It's perfect. And um, he realizes that Luna's friend is Reflection. Yep. So... And so, but Dean at least is alive, mm-hmm. which is yep. yay! And Dean Gripuck, yep. which is you know we need Gripuck. And uh, Draco offers to leave them a wand because he's pretty sure it's not that goblins can't use wands; it's just that the Ministry has laws against it. And you know we'll just sort of turn our backs for a minute, and if you happen to vanish. Who knows what happened? We can't say one way or the other what happened. I, I yeah. do love this epic, you know, moment of of basic English. Hook's eyes uh, narrowed. Goblins cannot use wands. No, goblins may not use wands. It isn't the same thing. <laughs> yep. And so they do a little role playing and drop off the snatchers. Beat the beast to get their own game. Yep. Huzzah. And then we have Tonks in her kitchen. Andromeda. Andromeda Tonks. Andromeda Tonks. Andy. Poor Andy. I mean, in in the original canon, she didn't get even a letter. So Mm -hmm. at at least she got a letter saying... How did she know then that Ted was dead in canon? I don't remember. I'm guessing because it's kind of like, you know, in war, somebody disappears for two weeks. You know, you're assumed dead. I had a feeling Dean, like, told her, and I don't know. Yeah, somehow or another, they got word to her. Yeah, but, but I don't think she really got, like, a full-fledged letter of... No. And this so, time, she does get a letter that has a certain drawing on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And yep. 
she figures out who's been sending things. Yeah, and you know that's a little dragon in lying on top of a crescent moon, which is <laughs> kind of cute. She and of course Andy, who's sharp as a whip, you know, puts it all together. Right. Uh, which is so awesome. Somebody smart. And it also reminds me of the DreamWorks logo, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and apparently did not, you know, was not happy writing this this topic because this chapter because it was just well, we're all sad by, by this chapter. <laughs> no one likes watching Ted talks die. No, but she feels better because he didn't suffer. He saved another life. And the men that killed him are being punished. So. Oh, they will be punished. Yes, they will. <laughs> and then we switch chapters to be mm-hmm. careful who you point out. Boop. And the opening lines are, beware the prickly cap, uh, cat. Jenny warned Draco and Lorena whispered as they arrived at the TV room. <laughs> Which is, of course, Hermione in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of all the spy shows and things. Like, yeah. <laughs> the prickly cat will cross at midnight. <laughs> the crow flies at midnight. Make the sign of the three knocks when the owl hoots. And, yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Right. And but he, anyway. He doesn't know what's going on. Poor Ron. You know, I asked her why she wasn't having much for breakfast, and she went on about me thinking she eats too much and that she's fat, and I said, I didn't think that, and she called me a liar, and she stomped off, and she hasn't talked to me since, and I don't know what's going on. Oh, oh Ron. Oh, Ron. Ron. Poor, poor dense Ron. <laughs> I think you've been, uh, boom, chicka wow Well, it only takes one. She's going to pay for it. Yeah, uh-huh. What was the only Hugo? No, wait, we're not going there. Never mind. I did not ask that question. <laughs> uh, so you know, they they kind of sneak in and and move as cautiously and silently as possible. But you know, Ron uh, pokes Hermione in the knee, and mm-hmm. Hermione, who hasn't, are they like uh, disillusioned again? Well, I love Ray, who wants to know what's the uh, time of the no. book. And Ron's like, no, it's going to be longer than that. And so They're there. They're just pretending they're not doing anything, because mm-hmm. Ron right. pokes her and then immediately sits up, so it doesn't look like he was anywhere near her. You know? and, right. Uh, yeah. That's they're trying to make me. her laugh, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're being idiots. And eventually, uh, it does kind of crack her a little bit. Right. Yeah. And she says, you, and points at Draco, do you think you're funny? He says, hmm, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what kind of sets her off, because he's uh, scratching his head with his removed prosthetic. And, yeah, because uh, he's yeah. been hitting, poking her with that, too. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, I, I'm shocked that, you know, Megan, who is supposed to be the healer in the room, uh, hasn't picked up on it. Oh, well, she may have. Well, she she's is. to play with no. it. Um, because but finally... she's got an ecstatic grin on her face, and there's a secret f- smile from Luna and Star... Luna and Starwing are sharing, so yeah, the girls kind of know. the girls know. <laughs> All girls know. <laughs> Which is really stereotypical, uh, but probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, and it's all your fault, too. Me, Ron, what did I do? 
Mm-hmm. What you did, Weasley, yeah. is something I don't want to think about too closely. Yeah. Even if it is legal now that you're all married and the like, I suppose we should have expected it before this one put in your family being the way they are. Mm-hmm. Ron was looking more Ron. bewildered than ever. Hermione patted his hand. Ron, Ron she said, kindly, I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. Mm-hmm. So once we woke Ron back up, time. no, no, I did. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ron did not actually faint. That would be funny. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> well, Feast, remind me why I'm marrying you again. Because you think I'm beautiful because you and think you I'm... can't live without me. Yep. <laughs> that that might be just it. That yes. might just be it. In any case, Mom, we'll see you after Easter Hall, since Mother and Lucius are expecting me home for them. And it, it isn't terribly safe for us to make the transit at the manors without anyone else there on this end. It won't do our story any harm for me to be seen at Malfoy Manor for a few days either. I wonder what we'll do if I do all, all alone in Draco's bedrooms. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you're insinuating, but Ron's perfectly well, well, welcome to the title of First Father as far as I'm concerned. Spoil sport every <laughs> single time. I love you, Mom. Take care. Until we meet again, Draco and Luna. Right. Speaking of Malfoy Manor and Draco's bedroom and all that, <laughs> so... No, so Luna's been there all alone, yes? The whole time, because Draco's been back at school. Yes. Well, she's okay. pretty... No, what happened was they, I think... That's what they think. That, that's what they think. No, they think I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what, they think. that's what they think. Right. right. Yeah. Because they've, they've put cast a spell, the spell so it sounds like she's there, and they have the plate that will make all the food vanish and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they think she's locked up in Draco's room. She's I'm surprised mad. no one's tried to do anything. Yeah, well, they've made it clear that that's not okay. True. So, we have Narcissa, who has been having trouble sleeping, Uh and she's thinking that she hears music. No, no, it can't be music. There would not be music in this house. And also, it's like 3 a.m. Yeah. Who would would be playing music in this house at 3 a.m.? Maybe it's the wireless. Maybe we left the wireless on, but... And she basically finds them in the music room playing music mm-hmm. together, but she doesn't let anybody know that that's what she's done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's really confused because she thinks that he's basically been abusing Luna all this time, and here they are having a casual conversation and playing music, and uh, eventually she decides just to sit and listen. Mm-hmm. And we move on. Yeah. Yes. They sing a song from Pirates. Mm-hmm. And off in chapter 74, Draco wants to know what exactly is going on. And this amuses me because of the leverage commentaries again. Apparently, there's always a let me get this straight scene in leverage as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> Everything can be like equated to leverage at this point in my life. Apparently. <laughs> so I'm. I'm enjoying the fact that Scott is getting into this because no one else on Puffo is into leverage at all. And it's just like, how can you not be into this? This is the best show on earth. I tried to go post in the thread today, and it, there actually isn't one. So that's just weird. You have to go make, go one. make one. Yeah. I didn't make one because no one else is into it, except now Scott and I are into it. But then we needed like a third person, or else it's just me and Scott talking back and forth about how awesome leverage is. Yeah, and I can't spoil Scott. Do that, and somebody else might get going on it. Excuse me. Yeah. 
Yes, but I'm already trying to convert people to watch Once Upon a Time, so I can't do two. I need to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Fun. You really need to. So, chapter 74, be careful how you stop speech. (laughs) Luna and Draco are trying to figure out if um, anyone has figured out who Reflection is yet. Mm -hmm. As they're, um, I guess, either playing with the dials or doing a crossword. I'm not really sure. And Draco disguised himself as Ray when he was with Dean Thomas. So, Dean thinks that Reflection is Ray. Not that he's ever seen mm-hmm. Ray before, but that's the face he has. Some strange guy that looks a little bit like Hermione with blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Then they kind of like say, think that like yeah. no one's actually figured that that out, but they will eventually. Mm-hmm. And we switch scenes because Neville Longbottom has hey, Neville. been having a bit of a long week. Fred George have sent him a message that someone think he's on the wireless. And they're not sure if they should worry or not. Mm-hmm. And they want that the, uh, Neville to listen to Potter Watch to see if something is hinky, basically. Right. And Neville's kind of thinking about what's been happening in the year. And I like this because we haven't really checked in with Neville yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's he's glad Ginny's with Harry because then Ginny's safe. But right. that just kind of puts everyone else in more trouble because... The, the students kind of revolted a little bit. Um, yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. Although they do Which have is... a behind-the-scenes ally, and Neville is apparently the only one who has thus far figured it out. Right. Yes. Because he actually does know that something's going on with Draco. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Neville's more perceptive than people give him credit for. That mm-hmm. he is. Well, it's always the quiet ones that are always really perceptive because they're not talking the a lot. Ones. They're always watching and, and yeah. listening to everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he also happened yeah. to be in position to witness Draco stunning Electo in several chapters right. ago, I guess, last podcast, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he's put and, together that, you know, whenever Draco knocks into people, then the punishments aren't painful. And, you know, he just knows all, he's figuring out a lot of this stuff. He's, he's adding two plus two and it's making four. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Neville should have mm-hmm. been part of the trio, which would have then been a quintet because ugh, it yeah. would have been. No, no, I, I, you know what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm happy that Rowling made it a trio because I, I, I mean, so many people wanted like the Marauders revisited and then everyone was going, who's going to betray whom? And, and I'm the man. That mm-hmm. was nuts. That's yeah. true, but I mean, I don't know. I, I like the fact that Neville stayed behind because someone needed to be the leader once Harry left. Yes. Someone and needed to be the badass. Yes. Someone needed. There you go. And so he wants to know he's talking to Draco, although they're doing it uh, in a roundabout way, and Draco's <laughs> able to. In the dark. In the dark. Possible okay. deniability. Yeah. But he wants to know if he knows where Harry is. And Wait, which he what? Neville wants to know if Draco knows where Harry is. Okay, okay. And and Draco, of course, is, well, mm. wow, you you actually were the first person to put it together. I'm mm-hmm. really kind of impressed by this. Yeah. Actually, and, the fact that he knows where Harry is is Neville's proof that he's chosen that side to be loyal to. Because right. mm-hmm. otherwise, he could have turned Harry over at any time. Well, 
But but then Draco corrects him and says he's not I'm on, on my own side. side. He's he's on his own side, which mm-hmm. is you know true. But Neville doesn't really get it. He he doesn't understand how it makes a difference to be on your own side, which Snape was on his own side and. Draco and Cannon, to some extent, was on his own side. It it all has to. It's all a matter of who's going to look up for you know number one. And at this point, you know, Draco also has his family, his real family, to look out for. And and this mm-hmm. fact, you know, Neville doesn't know the fact that he's hopping worlds, and there's no way that he could figure this out without mm-hmm. you know yeah. Draco telling him. So it's kind of like there's a cell to this that. It, there's always going to be until Draco reveals himself to be switching worlds. But, um, yeah, I do like this little exchange though. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, being on your own side is a Slytherin thing. He wouldn't understand. And Neville says, okay, but here's a Gryffindor thing that you better understand. You seem like you're a friend. You're helping us. We need that. So I'll trust you for now. But if you ever do anything to give us away or decide you'd be better off back on the other side, I'm going to personally kill you. A long, low whistle sounded. What happened to that forgetful little kid with the toe that I used to shoot leg lockers at? He grew up. He grew up. Not, flatly. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. And Draco says, yeah, perfectly. Shake on it. And he does, but I love that he spits into his palm before holding it out. <laughs> this is yeah. a five-year-old thing to do. And so does Draco, yep. which he never would have done before any of this happened. Oh, no. Not at all. Of course. Swapping spit? Never. So, and, uh... So, and we move back. This, has this has been, support this has been a flashback in Neville's memory, mm-hmm. and yep. we move back to him pondering stuff as he's about Hagrid to listen to Potterwatch. Mm-hmm. a support Harry Potter uh, party, and... Draco warned them. Draco warned them. That they were about to get caught, yeah. So, and here's Potterwatch starting up. Good evening, everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It's River. Who is Lee? Right. So yeah. we've, we've discovered That's one. I know. I And we, you know, have interesting tidbits from our two most frequent contributors. Yep. Yeah. Radiant and, and, and reflection are speaking together this time. Right. Yep. And they figure. They say those of you who've been listening for a while have probably figured out we always seem to show up at the same time. And the reasoning behind that is we're engaged. Yay! <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and well, Neville, of course, yeah. Neville, who knows who Reflection is, are just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. he's been smacking the board. What? Have you gone, Have you gone he's, insane? He's got What do you mean, gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he could swear he hears her whisper. Good question, but if he Which he probably you, does. He won't. She'll be holding the other Neville's hand again and Mm-hmm. thinking yep. things at him. I think Hermione almost has it because she's, you know, kind of disturbed by the fact that Luna's engaged and I think she she knows that Luna is with Draco mm-hmm. and and she's tr- she's starting to slowly make make four. She's not as she's not quite as smart as Neville but she's almost there. Yeah. For what, um, Hermione? For shame. <laughs> um, and, so, and Harry knows that she's hiding it, and so now he's Hermione, decided he's going to... Hermione, is there something gonna... you want to tell us? Well, and, and now, of course, 
Harry has been brought. It has been brought to okay. Now Harry has to put it together mm-hmm. because Hermione's not going to say anything, and Ron won't put it together until it hits him in the face. So he's think he's like thinking deep about the events of the last year or so, and you know he he arrives on Luna's description of her fiance slash unexpected friend, and you know mm-hmm. he thinks. The Death Eaters destroyed his family and ruined his life, so he hates them as much as we do. Voldemort killed his followers if they fail at things, and he might not kill their family too, but they wouldn't have an easy time of it. That's got to be who Reflection is, someone who lost a dad or mom for an honest mistake. Really, Harry? You're dense. You're freaking Mm -hmm. dense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, someone who's this sort of thing has happened to who also has been defeated in duels with Harry Potter twice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was three times, but never mind. Yeah. What could that be? But then he starts thinking, and all of a sudden he's like, uh, wait a minute, I know where, why Voldemort's gone overseas. He's looking for the Elder Wand. Yep. And they're like, Harry, no, we already talked about this. And he's like, no, he thinks my wand is dangerous, and he wants a powerful one to fight me. I'm sure of it. Vol and Ginny Shouts no and swings her hand in a throwing motion, which, like, knocks him back. And so he doesn't say the name, but she has just done magic. Wandless, Wandless magic. magic. And the and there goes the trace. goes off, and here gun, comes the gun, trace, gun. And yeah. Oh, goodness. And now they have to run. Yeah. And so, we really of course, just cut off there. I don't know how I felt about hammer, that part, though. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyhow. So have- They're leaping to their feet and running off and take the sword and, uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff going away. And so- somebody shows up and Harry and Hermione isn't running and Ginny realizes she slashed herself with the sword as she was tossing it to Harry. Right. Right. Because Ginny and Harry have apparated out. So now Ron and Hermione are there to face the Snatchers by themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And... and- it's not just any snatchers, it's Fenrir. Of course it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Harry conjures up a scabbard mm-hmm. so that that sort of thing doesn't happen again. And right. they think, oh no, they've just caught Ron, so they know he's not at home with Spattergroyd. Yep. Tell Fred and George, take the family, go to hiding. Right. Yeah. Do it now, I'll send you more later. Right. And, oh man. Send <laughs> And they, you, you're Hermione Granger. You're the Mudblood. And she's like, no, no, that's not my name. And are you sure? You know what happens to people that lie to me. And then Ron goes ballistic. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And then Harry's scar goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Voldemort. Yeah. Voldemort's somewhere important. He thinks he's close. Ginny says, you've got to fight it. We've got to, you know, get to Ron and Hermione. And yep. they're going to take her to the Malfoys, so, you know, we got to figure out what to do. Yep. And somewhere hidden near Malfoy Manor, he, uh, Harry pu- pulls Ginny close and disapparates. Mm-hmm. When did Harry learn to disapparate? Harry could apparate. He apparated in book at six. No, at, he sighed along in book six. Yeah, but he apparated. Oh, no, he, he, he apparated Dumbledore, Dumbledore back. back. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. That, he I, okay. Mm-hmm. No, and then properly. it says right before that that he learned to do it once or twice before he that. Have, he doesn't have a, a license. He can operate, but he doesn't have a, have, have a license. So, so just before Ron. this point, Ginny kind of puts things together as well. Because 
as Harry is babbling on about their taking them to the Malfoys, and Draco will recognize them in an instant, and it'll be all sorts of trouble, and... Um, yeah, Ginny then, of, then course, of course, puts it together. Yeah. Harry is uh-huh. not very bright. No. So, she says, okay, send a message to Luna, and say, R&H caught being taken to Malfoys, can you help, basically? Mm-hmm. Sign mm-hmm. Ginny. Yep. So we enter. We we start the scene with Bellatrix, Bellatrix, you know, laughing hysterically, and Narcissa is calling Ron and Ginny or Ron and Hermione into the front hall room or whatever. And when saying, I first like, read this, when it's you know, there's another somebody else saying, "Bring them in." I will call my son. I didn't realize it was Sissy talking, and I was like, "When did Bella have a child?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? I would say at, at this point in the in the at this point of the releases, we were all going nuts. Mm-hmm. We were just like every time. I I remember in the middle of class and updating, and like it didn't matter what I was doing, I had to read the next chapter because yeah. this was at the point where it's like, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> Who's gonna die? Who's gonna die? Um, so well, anyway, and I love Draco because Draco is totally into his persona right now. He's yep. into his thing, and you know, Bella's all ready to do damage, and Draco's like, mm. "Oh, Auntie, you know that the Dark Lord said about proper protocol. We'll start with the mud blood and save the blood trader for later." And he's like, "Hey, hey that rhyme? Did that rhyme? I think I rhyme." <laughs> and so, Ooh, good little Draco. <laughs> He drags Ron up to his room with Luna and tosses him in. And Luna, you know, kind of fills him into what's going on. And then he bounds back down and and uh, we have Greyback who's like, ooh, I hope you survived questioning. I want you. And, Bastard. Yeah. Not so much. And Draco's going to have a thing or two to say to him, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Except that Bella gets to it first because, mm-hmm. you know. Werewolves have to wait their turn. Yes, because they're only half breeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is trying to say, you know, you can torture me all you want. I don't know anything because yep. all I know is Harry left. Right. And uh, of course, Draco is is manipulating all of them to no end. Auntie, Auntie, I'm disappointed in you. Is that any way to behave to a guest? Right. And he brings her in, and he sits her on the. The couch, and he looks at her hand. What happened to your hand? Did you cut it? Let me see. Oh, why don't I take care of it permanently? And, you know... Burns her hand off. Burns her hand off, yeah. Absolutely just does exactly what he did to his arm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch on to that. I didn't cotton on to that for the first time. They were drink what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, earlier, before he, as he was manhandling Ron up the stairs, Ron was being all Brer Rabbit and going, "Not her hand! You can't! It'll kill her!" And uh, yeah, sort of a hint that her hand has been poisoned by the sword. Right. And it's basilisk venom, and there's no antidote for mm-hmm. that. So, well, yeah, except for phoenix. phoenix tears, but we don't have a phoenix. But yeah, yeah, so. fox does not. It doesn't exactly make house call, calls to death eater mm-hmm. houses. Not usually. Well, that means um, gone now. No, so since it got into her hand, wouldn't it have been all through her bloodstream by now? No, it's moving slowly. Because it, if it went into, like, the cut of her palm, it's not in yeah. a vein or an artery or anything like that. So it's going to be moving fairly slowly. And also the fact that it's not actual, it's not like a basilisk fang, fang like with Harry. 
it's that's, like that's true. a sword infused with venom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna move slower than actual venom would. Yeah. There's also the fact that you have a few hours to get anti venom, so it, it moves. It moves fairly slow. I think it, I'll I'll buy it. But uh, no, I'm not, not disputing it. I'm just trying to figure out the mechanics of all of it. Yeah, it would. It does I seem mean, to have been slower than it took Harry to be almost passing out, but it did take him true. a little while. Well, and that's true. I guess I mean, they captured him and brought them pretty quickly. There are various theories on why it took Harry that long to pass out from basilisk venom, mainly because basilisk. Well, well, basilisk. Basilisk venom is supposed to be the deadliest poison within the Harry Potter universe. It's supposed to be worse than the drought of loving death, which was Mm -hmm. supposed to be instantaneous. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people find fault in in the treatment of basilisk. And I can't say that word tonight. Basilisk venom within the fandom. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, whatever. It's, It's, you know. It works well enough. Yeah, and, and we shift to chapter seventy six, and Lucius is just so proud of his son. Oh, he's just tickled, and Draco's still dad. being so suave and polite. Yep, have a seat, mm. make yourself comfortable. Yep, and and, and Hermione's of course flipping out. Mm-hmm. Well, I would too. Yeah, no explanation. Your hand's just gone. Like that. That's an awkward moment. Um, well, I'm surprised she didn't figure that out yet. Well, How many is that, you know, she's under a bit of stress. Yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Her arm just got burned off. I, you know, you got to give her a little bit of time. She's in shock. That's yeah. true. Physical Mm-hmm. And Drake goes like, well, you know, you could be lying. You said that you don't know where Harry is, but you could be lying. Let's mm-hmm. see. My room is in sound Or maybe and if uh, I make you scream enough, he'll come and tell me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, mm. Yeah. And uh, and he happens to casually mention that the only way past the Malfoy boundaries is to be either marked or a Malfoy, or mm-hmm. be let past by one of those two. And we shift to Harry, who is standing at the walls, having no idea what to do. No, none at all. But here comes a snowy owl. Oh, we like the snowy owls. Yay! First uh, first off, Harry starts to be guilty because of Hedwig, and then the owl changes, and he's kind of shocked out of that. Sue? (laughs) What? Why are you calling me? Because you dropped, and you called me. I didn't call you. Yes. What just happened? The whole reason that... Yeah, and look, and now, now she's gone again. I'm confused. Yeah, so am I. Something's wrong. Hold on, I'll be right back. Talking without. Okay, oh, now you're mind. calling me again. That's because you keep dropping on us, and again you are gone. Oh boy. Do 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 do. Are you back? I'm. I'm... <laughs> oh, this reminds me of what happened to used to happen to me all the time. Yep. For some reason, I <clears throat> can't. Can I explain this for one minute? Sure. Hmm? So. It kept me on the call, and I was continuing to hear things, but my time got reset. So it looked like I dropped, but I could could still hear everything. So while I was talking, I guess I dropped, Mm -hmm. and it it reconnected. I didn't know you dropped. All I knew was I had a phone call from you, and I'm like, crap, who's calling me? I didn't call. Why is Cat calling me? 
And then I was like, oh, wait, she's dropped. So I called you and it said connecting and then it kicked you off. And then I called you again and it said connecting and then it kicked you off. Because it was busy because I was currently on the call with you. Well, it told me oh, you were boy. gone. So I don't know. Skype is weird. Tis. Skype it does not mm-hmm. quite always make sense. Skype is special. So where were we? Because I've been I've been talking for the last like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And we've been ignoring you. We've just uh, Starwing just arrived, and I was talking about how Harry's going into his guilt thing about Hedwig because there's a snowy owl, and then all of a sudden it isn't a snowy owl anymore. Mm-hmm. So Holy he's kind of shocked out of that. What? <clears throat> where? What? What? Okay, th- 76, we're, we're- second section of 76, yep. Luna Lovegood has just appeared in front of Harry and Ginny. Oh, Luna Lovegood, all right, not Starwing. Yeah. Just our, our Luna, okay. Sorry for the confusing reference, I just figured she was in anime just for the time, so you know. I know, it's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we're right. back on track. <laughs> we have an owl, and... And she says, okay, I think I can get you in. And we shift immediately back to Lucius. They're doing a lot of intercuts in this chapter. He's not sure about telling the mudblood about their manner security. But, you know, of course she can't do anything, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Draco has a plan that is very, very much like another one of Anne's stories. He's kind of making one of the stories that is outside of this come true in his plan, only in a more sinister way. I feel like the Draco in this is even better at chess than the Draco in a year like none other. Could well be. Might be fun to have them play each other. Who knows? (laughs) Someday, I'm sure they will. So he's decided to spin this tale. Mm -hmm. He's told her he's going to memory charm her and then make her believe all of these things so that she will become to think of him as a protector and brother and all sorts of stuff and give everything up. Mm-hmm. Evil plans. Mm-hmm. On the surface. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, evil plans. And then yes. we have a, a thump in the corridor. Thump in the night, huh? And yep. Lucius decides he's going to go and... Uh, Investigate, like, investigate eh. but then he's like, "Ah, nah, if it was Weasley escaping or Potter rushing in, we would already know. It's just mm-hmm. warm tail. He's tripped and fallen or dropped something. And yeah, I'm tired of dealing with him anyhow. So I'm going to go and turn around and I'm going to enjoy my son's triumph over this mudblood. Yep. yep. And technically it is Wormtail falling over, but mm-hmm. that's because Ron just tackled him. Right. Yep. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I, as 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 much as I love the image of of a, a redheaded boy tackling Wormtail, I really just kind of want Harry to have five minutes alone in a room with Wormtail mm-hmm. so badly. <laughs> what he Wormtail killed his parents? No, 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 no! I'm just remembering the scene from DV Cannon. And the Shrieking Shack, and... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, totally. It's just... Uh, that was one of my favorite scenes in fandom, because it's just like, what, what you know, what Harry knows about spell work and, and you know, the things that he could do to that man, he should. And he never mm-hmm. got his comeuppance, which is too bad. Yeah, no. <sighs> oh, wow. So, Draco's, you know, Hermione's like, what are you going to do to me? 
I'm not going to tell yeah. you anything, and you're either going to kill me or you're going to give me the gray back, and he's going to kill me, and so either way, I'm going to end up dead. And Draco's like, like, oh no, kill you? How inartistic. I can be much better than that. Everyone <laughs> kills mudbloods, even mm-hmm. Scabior over here. Haven't you? Little Gryffindor girly, about 14, gingery blonde, and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> So Hermione so puts basically it basically just manipulated Scabior into confessing that, which is fun. <laughs> well, really good, you know, so, now, so now you've got like two people who are really pissed at you for killing this person who is fabulous. Um, that we, <laughs> the people who read DB know that Natalie McDonald is a fabulous person. Yes, um, yes, she is. And then we switch scenes again because apparently we just have to, you know, as two coughs in the background, we just absolutely have to... Uh, Switch scenes again, and mm-hmm. we have Luna and Ginny. She and... really is being very, I don't know if it's cinematic or whatever the version of that would be for television, but she's just it's going cinematic. from scene to scene, back to scene, and you, you can really kind of see this working. It's a little bit, star- it's a little bit startling in a written story, but <laughs> it works out well enough that you can kind of imagine it in your mind, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It lets you know, you know that there's all these things happening at the same time. And Anne uses it so sparingly in her work that I'm willing to forgive it, uh, give her. Usually this is, this is one of those rules of, that I consider bad fic when, when this is overused because it doesn't tell a story. It tries to make you read a movie, essentially, which I'm not too – like, I want to read a book. I'm sorry. I do. Um <laughs> But this is the first time that it's really... We're three-quarters of the way through this story. This is the first time that it's really prominent. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm willing to forgive her as, as long as she keeps it sparingly through the rest of her books. I'm willing to forgive her this tendency. But this is actually one of those things that I consider to be bad fic, is when you do this <laughs> too much. But we have Luna with Ginny. And yeah. Luna was hoping that she could open the walls, but or the, the wards, but she can't. She's because not quite enough of a Malfoy for that. She's not. She's not. Well, she's not a um, a riddle quite yet because the wards are connected with the center of the house. Remember, mm-hmm. and they listen to Draco because he's of the weak bloodline. But Ginny knows enough magic that they can force their, their way in. But Luna is not yet related to the house, so she can't really yeah. do she much. She could manage about it. to get out, but she couldn't get them back in. Right. Right, but Ginny apparently knows enough magic that they can force their way in, but that would, I guess... they need a weak point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they need a weak point. Which is, I guess, how Voldemort and the Death Eaters did it, so... It's fairly feasible. So Draco, you know, with some time to kill, asks her where she got her name, Mm -hmm. and Hermione responds that her father loved Shakespeare and named her after the Queen in the Winter's Tale. And he's he's fake questioning her about her magic. She, yeah. He's basically implying that um, some wizard they stole her. wandered off one day and uh, raped her mother. Right. And yeah, and he's that's where she that really comes his from. Father that did it. Yes, because his father has a reputation for going off and raping Muggle women. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he's uh, he's decided that this is what's what's happened. That. She really can't be born of muggles because she's too smart and she's too good of a witch. So it must be that his mm-hmm. father has raped her mother and made her forget that she did it. He did it. And 
So, oh golly gee, they are long lost siblings. Yeah. Or at least once we that's figured what out going Draco's to make her believe. Mm-hmm. birthday, I, I started trying to write an AU about that once. And <laughs> her, Hermione is like completely repulsed and like, I, you know, no, I, I wouldn't wish yeah. that on, mm-hmm. on slugs. Yeah. And then but, he um, says, you know, I'm going to wipe your mind. I'm going to be your protector and your shield against the horrors that are befalling your friends. And you're going to trust me and you're going to start to believe me. And he, you know, says, I always wanted a sister. I think you'll do nicely. And we and, change chapters. Boop. And Hermione's just like, she's about to go ballistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Draco's. I would never believe that. And she says, Draco says, yeah, if you. I manipulate you enough, you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've always wanted a son, just one a little younger than myself. And Lucius is a little confused because <laughs> he doesn't really know what's going on. He started talking about making it a reality, and mm-hmm. it's just Draco's going a little weird here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we have Harry trying to get in, and he says, I can't do it, Luna. There must be another way. Because the only way in properly is to actually kill the wards, like Mm -hmm. cast the killing curse at them. Right. And he's like, this is a semi-sentient thing. I don't want to kill something. He's really uncomfortable about casting that. Yeah. And and Ron is drop-kicking Wormtail like a boss. And I love it. (laughs) 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 And since since Harry and, and, you know, Sirius and Remus and everyone who's ever been forced to pain through Wormtail's actions cannot act on their fury toward Wormtail. He is um, doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wormtail is being a ponce. I, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I try not to use that word, but he's, he really is. Like, he's just crying and, like, take it like a man. Mm-hmm. Well... There's really not very many ways to take a complete nutter beating. Um, okay, take it like an adult. So, and then we jump back to Draco and Hermione, and he's explaining this this dark magic that there's you know there's a way for for a mud blood to become a pure blood. Basically, mm-hmm. what Voldemort did. He right. deliberately set about killing all his muggle ties in order to mystically make himself a pureblood. Right. right. And, you know. and so, I mean, so he's giving her all this information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Harry and Ginny are continually throwing themselves at the wall, at, at the wards, and Harry pulls out the Ginny's wand, and, and, you know, he's like, oh, the killing curse will work, and Ginny whirls around, Harry Potter, you are an idiot. Mm-hmm. And they end up doing it together, and, you know, the wards are weaker now. Because she says, doing this will not make you more like Voldemort. He yeah. would just leave them there. He doesn't care about them. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ron against the side of the doorframe, listening to the voices. No one's seen him, and he's got a wand, so that's good. Yay! And we hear her voice saying, no, because she's horrified that Draco wants her to kill her family. Mm-hmm. And, and we have... Uh, and Wormtail is strangling himself yeah. because um, he had a, he had 
I, I actually liked this better than canon because in canon, Wormtail outright defies Voldemort's wishes. And in this, it, it, he has just a tiny moment of doubt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Voldemort, the, the Dark Lord's words are literal. May your loyalty never waver. And it wavered just for a second. And That's his hand strangled him. Yep. That's all it took. Peter Pettigrew died as he lived alone and friendless. And now I'm trying to figure out the rest of Trelawney's prophecy, but never mind. And, you know... And Draco's still being smarmy, and Hermione is still horrified. And this is where Anne's kind of technique comes together, because she's been trying to, every time she shifts a scene, have something slightly related on the end and the beginning of each bit. But um, here's Draco saying... Oh, you will raise your wand to those dentists and say the two little magic words, and we shift to Harry as he says it mm-hmm. to the wards. Yeah. Right. And, and brings them down. Brings them the down. chapter ends. And we're on chapter 78. I and think, so, what is that, the only spell in canon that he never cast? Because he did the other two, Unforgivable. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I, 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 think, I think Anne is right that... Um, he was afraid that the killing curse would make him too much like Voldemort. Um, no, I disagree, uh, but anyway. I, we'll debate that later um, yes. after the podcast is done. Um, but so uh, Malfoy is, is saying, you know, you'll see those two little ma- magic words. Hermione uh, screams at this exact t- same time that the wards fall. Ron throws a dish, like everything's kind of happening at once, mm-hmm. and in the mm-hmm. chaos, Hermione. Um, she's good Hermione, at shooting rage, isn't she? Yeah, mm-hmm. she really is. Um, she screams Hermione, and starts pointing at people, and stuff flies around, and Bellatrix is flattened by a couch, and all somebody sorts goes to of a player place. On. Yeah, <laughs> and this is for Bill and Remus, and the armchairs fly up, and yeah. And you know she's doing she's she's yelling at them all these people that that you know they've killed and you know she finally you know po- you know stares down at Draco because he's the only one left in the room and she says and this is for me and, and the floor opens up and the chandelier starts to fall and 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 the house I I think Draco screams but you know her uh, the house wouldn't let her uh, do anything to Draco yeah. So the house swallows him up. Well, she's not actually doing any of this. She just gets told at some point to scream and um, go. We haven't sort of gesture whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And well, yeah, but we will by the end of this podcast. Hush. (laughs) We have another twelve chapters or whatever in this podcast, so you know we will get there. Oh, fine. So Ron grabs her and throws up a shield charm and. Hermione Heads faints. out the door as she faints. And, uh, and where do we go? <laughs> yeah. And Lucius and Narcissus free themselves of their spells and they're completely at a loss to where their son went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the manor is basically gone. Yeah, it's yeah, falling the, the, down around them. It's just collapsing. Um, and Ron and Hermione make it to Harry. And, and you Hermione know, are you guys either. okay? Fine, just show me where to go. And they grab hands and... Bill and Floor. They, yep. yeah. They, they go to Shell Cottage, and Hermione has lost her wand hand, it turns out. Mm-hmm. And Harry wants to know if it was Bellatrix that did it, and Ron was like, 
Ron says, I don't know. I wasn't actually there. I think it was Malfoy, but you ought to know there's something. But <laughs> Go and course. talk later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. He t- and then, you know, when we get to the cottage, he did it because I asked him to. Yep. Because I knew the tourniquet I conjured wouldn't hold against the basilisk venom much longer. Yep. So there's so there part you of go. the reason. You have a tourniquet. Yeah. Yeah. The, the poison didn't flow so far. Well, finally, Ron's smart. And. Her- Ron has put it together that Draco Malfoy is on their side. Oh, finally. Before <laughs> Harry does. Before Harry. If you put a tourniquet on a limb like that, you automatically learn you lose that limb, whether or not the venom gets through. So she was going to lose that arm anyhow. This right. just saved her life. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we shift to Draco, who is basically... Under a house. Yeah. Under a house. A la the Wicked Witch of the, what is it, the West or the East? Mm -hmm. Oh, East. East. Yeah, the East is the one under the house. The West is the one they go after. Alphaba, okay. And he's taken his Animagus form, and he's found himself a little place and makes it look like he could have actually lived through it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "I, I need to look like I've been hurt, and all of a sudden he gets some wood in his shoulders and, and stuff like that, and... He's like, thanks, house, because this is what the house asked him for. The house wanted to be destroyed, Mm -hmm. and this is what's happened. And the house lets him know that it's exactly what she wanted. The house is a she? Yes. Yes. We're going with that. Anyway. Okay. No power. Yay, Uh, house. It's like a boat. (laughs) They're always she's. Okay. No, boats are are ambiguous ships that are she's. Mm-hmm. Ships are sea. Jeez. Ships are s- <laughs> ships are seashells. Are they seashore? And then yep. we Shut have up. Snape, who has arrived, and we have Narcissa, who's going nuts. What? Is, what? What? Like Snape has arrived. Like what? <laughs> Snape has arrived. <laughs> Everything's all right now. Snape is here. <laughs> The headmaster has come. <laughs> and I love him. Against his will, he's he's fascinated. Narcissa, Narcissa be... is being more like Cecilia than he's ever seen her because mm-hmm. she's going nuts over Draco. Right. Yep. Well, we see that in canon, thankfully. And she's yep. actually yelling at Lucius, which we never see. No. no. That is true. And, and she's like, do you think maybe Draco's story was more true than we knew? And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> How else could she make our house collapse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody else shows up who wants an explanation and wants it now. Yeah. Uh oh. Yep. The Dark Lord. Yes. Yep. Someone would have to pay for this night's work, but Snape did not think it would be him. Though, ironically, he's the only one who had done anything that night the Dark Lord might consider treacherous. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mm. I'm assuming that everyone thinks that Draco is dead. Probably. At Mm -hmm. this point. Except Narcissa, but nobody's listening to her. Yeah. Yeah. And we shift to chapter 79 and have the trio, well, a different trio, Mm -hmm. Harry, Ginny, and Luna, popping into existence right on the edge of a cliff. Yikes! That's, yeah. And then Ron and Hermione pop in on their own. and uh, Thank goodness they didn't pop in on each other or something. 
I love this. Harry's eyes fell again on the ruins of his friend's wrists. His anger blazed up. I hope your house fell in in on you for that, Malfoy. (laughs) Well, little does he know. (laughs) Yep. And Harry has to cast a finite at Ron because um, he'd lightened Hermione and he almost blew away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the wind's really blowing at the top of the cliff. Mm-hmm. So they get in, and you know, Bill comes out and helps, and everybody's okay except for Hermione. But they know about me, and you got to tell mom and dad, and you know, they've already told us. Yeah, they got a there was a from message Ginny. from the Galleon, yep, which we knew about. Mm-hmm. They're very cons- wait. Did 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 Molly and Arthur have a Galleon? No, but they no. sent it to Fred and George and told Fred and George. Oh, to right, 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 right. Yep. Yeah. Fred went to Bill and. Fleurs and George went to the borough, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so Harry's, you know, they, they you know, establish that Harry and Ginny are okay and, and Hermione needs a healer. So they're like, how, how can we get a healer without going to St. Mungo's? And Bill knows somebody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Luna says it was done with fiend fire and they're like, are you sure? Truly yep. sure? And she says, I know that sometimes you don't believe me, but I saw somebody hurt with this only a few months ago. And yep. her arm looks just the same as his did, I'm sure. Yeah. So, right. And Ron's there asking Ron, okay, what was going on in there? And he says, I think I'd better wait until we go somewhere else and tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's going to be a long story. <laughs> Full of lots of figuring things out and making two plus two for final A for Cat to be happy again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And Bill returns with a friend. Yes. Prove it. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the wedding and things like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's Professor Lupin yay! and his wife. Yep. Hi, Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> and his mother-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Because Lupin's not a healer. healer. It's Andy. Oh, it's Andy. Andromeda, who yep. is. Yeah. Has just lost her husband. Mm-hmm. They're like, are you sure it's all right for us all to go to her house? And she says, probably it's fine. She'd welcome all of us at this probably point. Probably it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you willing to leave Hermione? No. No, then I guess we're all going. Yep. And yeah. we'll all go together. As we break into song, we as Mooney's here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're mm. hoping to meet um, him soon and some... The kids have no idea what this is about, but uh, yep. Lupin's professor, well, also hoping. Well, you know, uh, Teddy. Uh. Yes. <laughs> so there, Harry's trying to apparate to the Tonks home, which he's only seen once, uh, but yep. he manages it. Mm-hmm. Yay! And they get <laughs> themselves uh, inside just before the rain starts, which is always good. Yeah. And, and Lupin uh, wants to know if they'd like to come upstairs because Dora would be glad to see you and there's somebody I want you to meet. Aww. Baby. Like, mm-hmm. It's a baby. 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 Yay. Yeah. With turquoise hair. Or no, it's Ginny's hair. Yes. That's very odd. She's the last one she's, he saw. That's true. And Lupin wants to know what Ginny's got on her back and she's like, oh, oh the Lupin sword. 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 I stole it from <laughs> Snape's office. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And they go and see him, and Lupin says, I should mention he was born with black hair. Right. Apparently, he takes after his mom because mm. it keeps changing. And he does not have the werewolf 
gene, I guess you could call it. And mm-hmm. and Luna says, you'll get to meet Hermione later. She's downstairs just now. Someday when you're bigger, she'll tell you the story of the night she picked up Fenrir Greyback and threw him into a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Remus Lupin is kind of in shock because Fenrir Greyback is the one who bit him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he wants, he's going to want to hear that story. And, and asks if Harry will be the godfather. Aww. And Harry is so shocked, sad. goes for it eventually. And then he gets to hold the baby. And he's, baby. Oh, yeah. so says, hi. Welcome, I guess. Sorry there's a war on. We're trying to get it done with, but we haven't been doing so well lately. So, we need, you know, he says, I need your help. We need to get into Hogwarts. There's something yeah. there that I need. I need to find, and I need your help to get in. Yep. And once we find it, we'll end this. Mm-hmm. And maybe I won't have to do anything else for his godson. For, maybe I won't have to do anything for my godson except send him too much chocolate and send him <laughs> home all wound up. Yep. Which, yeah. you know, I, as, a, as a youth leader, I don't do anything like that at all. Never. No, never. Yeah, you know, we, we haven't fed the kids lots of sugar and let them stay up till 4 a.m. and then set them up. No, no, not at all. Never. That would be very wrong. Wrong, I tell you. Until you're going to be the cool aunt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to go there. (laughs) Um, So we're back at Malfoy Manor. And somebody's in big trouble. Yes. Somebody's in trouble. trouble. So who wants to talk about Lucius getting in trouble? Lucius is in trouble. (laughs) Yes, yes he is. Lucky is not lucky today. (laughs) Can we stop calling him Lucky? That's just a horrible nickname. Uh, Would you prefer Lucy? Lucy, I prefer Lucy. Yeah, I totally do. Lucy, Lucy, I'm home. You, you have some splaining to do. Lucy, you have some splaining to do. <laughs> Voldemort played by Ricky Ricardo is just <laughs> weird. Wow. He could do the one-hour thing pretty well, though. I bet. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Snape is apparently slightly impressed, though. He said... Being Lucius is standing up to things a little better than he might have expected from him with being mm-hmm. in as much trouble as he's in. And Narcissa's begging with the Dark Lord because she feels it in her soul that her son is alive. Yes. And she's hoping God, so... And so, please <laughs> let me go look for him! And Voldemort says, yeah, whatever. And so she and Snape dash toward the house and start digging stuff out. Actually, Snape has a handy little spell that lets him see where the life signs are. So. Is it that, mm-hmm. um, the one that Hermione uses, too? Oh, is it the homonym and Revealio? Yeah, isn't it that the one he used? Mm, could be, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. This is in Deathly Hallows? Yeah, remember when uh, so, we go so into, into so number 12 ta- Emerald Place? So all this time while I've been reading Deathly Hallows and, and watching the film, I never realized that Hermione had a lifetime sign detector? I guess not. <laughs> Well, that's how Dumbledore knew that Harry was in the room under the cloak. I, I didn't realize that the Wizarding World had life sign detectors. Yes, they do. That's awesome. They do. You missed it. If you cast the right spell, anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're sort of static. You can't 
cast it and carry it around with you. You have to just do it over the area and it sticks around for, I don't know, a minute or two or something. That's too bad. So, Narcissa points out that because of the unbreakable vow, Severus would be dead if Draco was dead because he swore to protect him. However, I was a little confused by this because wasn't it just for Draco's sixth year? It can't have been for like the rest of Draco's lifetime because how can you ask someone to protect watch, you know, stay and protect him for? You can't protect him forever. You can protect him for a year, but you can't protect him forever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I never really thought well, about it. And Snape has a point too. He he promised to protect him uh, during the course of his task, for one thing, as you said, and. Uh, to the best of his ability. It's not like there's something Snape could have done from Hogwarts to stop Malfoy Manor from falling down. Right. Uh, right. So he, does, he doesn't think he would really have keeled over dead, even if Draco was killed, but Narcissa is using it as a sign for hope, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they do find Bella, who is broken pretty badly. She's got uh, three vertebrae broken, several bones in her arms and her legs, and yeah, she's not feeling very well at the moment. Mm-hmm. Snape goes over to look for her after they've heard Draco's voice, and Narcissa basically goes nuts digging stuff out, and mm-hmm. he figures she's got that. So, But then he kind of looks over at them as she's digging Draco out, and is pretty confused because he's not acting the way he would expect Draco Malfoy to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing Just as a, as a side note, Severus Snape is really dark in this chapter because he's hoping that they take Bellatrix Lestrange to St. Mungo's and then she overexerts herself and permanently paralyzes herself. Mm-hmm. But we all mm-hmm. kind of hope that, like, so, you know, that's I mean, totally we, dark. We do as I mean, we do as readers, but it, it, to hear a character be like, oh, I hope, you know, it, it's different than like, I hope she dies. It's like, I hope she's paralyzed from the neck down and she never, you know, is able to breathe by herself again. That's a really horrible thing to wish on somebody. She deserves it. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that, it's one of few things that magical healers can't deal with. So he's sort of figuring she'll. She's alive, she can go to St. Mungo's, but knowing her, she will try to do stuff before she's supposed mm-hmm. to, and he kind of hopes that backfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's it. Which has me wondering what the extent of magical healing is. I mean, I don't know, I, I wish we could learn more about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, maybe in Pottermore we'll find out. Maybe when we get yeah, far enough on Pottermore, once he starts yeah. taking his Skelligro in the second book or something. Well, bones are fairly easy. I mean, bones are... Fa- I, I think we, I said this in another episode, that bones are fairly easy to mend because they're fairly uniform in all people. Yeah, and you can regrow them, apparently, for pity's sake. Really? But there are parts of the human body that are very particular to the in- individual person, and I think those would be tougher to regrow or heal. Like eyes? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think eyes, because uh, Moody, ha- Moody doesn't just get a replacement. He has a magical one. Right. Mm-hmm. Whole parts of muscle and tendons and nerves, I don't think they can, mm-hmm. you know, completely heal all that because, mm-hmm. or regrow all that because it's very particular to the person of how muscles and nerves are formed. And so 
I, I think there's definitely a limit. And I like that Anne puts a limit on, and and J.K. Rowling puts a limit on how far magical healing can go. Because it's not like, oh, I'm a wizard, I'm invincible as far as can, I can jump off a building and I'll survive. Yeah. Well, apparently you can, kind of. Well, you can bounce if you happen to have yeah. your magic kick in properly. But, yeah, uh, that's why the Skelligro is there, because if he'd gone up to the hospital wing with a broken arm, she could have just, you know, straightened it out and had it healed magically they don't have to wait for it to set the way that we would but with it removed it takes some time to grow back yeah it's a wonder that they've got something like that i mean to think that aside from a miscast spell a la lockhart that you could remove a bone so that they would need something like skeletal well i'm sure well Mm -hmm. i mean if a bone is shattered then they probably would just have to remove the bone and regrow it I suppose. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And how many people, I mean, yeah, we know Lockhart's kind of a mess up, but lots of people, when they're first learning spells and stuff like that, I could see somebody accidentally removing bones or, you know, like mispr- Neville. mispronouncing a word or something like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, if you can light something on fire with, with the Expelliarmus versus Expelliarmus, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, Expelliarmus? When Cho miscasts on Marietta during one of their first uh, DA lessons, she accidentally sets Marietta's sleeve on fire instead of disarming okay. her, because Harry made her nervous. Wow. Okay. That's a good memory right there. Actually, it reminds me of uh, one of my favorite theories on how Harry was going to defeat Voldemort before the seventh book came out. They were going to yeah. say that Voldemort uh, cast a spell and said F instead of F and wound up with a buffalo on his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. That's actually really clever. <laughs> Just like Wither Garufio. Yep. yep. So I, I like this uh, phrase. She's uh, Snape's watching Draco kind of emerge. And it says, he turned back in time to see Draco's head and shoulders emerge from a hole in the rubble as if from the shell of an oversized egg. And, yeah, chicken farmer Sue mm, had to like the egg. (laughs) And he's thinking, you know, it's kind of weird. It's almost like Bella was the one in there. Or not Bella. Wow. That Narcissa was the one in there and Draco was the hero. Their roles are almost reversed in the way that they're mm-hmm. acting toward each other. So he thought that was kind of strange. And he's, yeah. you know, he's, I can understand why Narcissa's overacting, but why is J- Draco, you know, he's, yeah. he's... Draco's not overreacting, and that's unlike him. Yeah. <laughs> he's thinking well, back I, to the I would have thought, thing. Like, I would have thought somebody would have attributed that to shock. Week, wandering around in a sling. Yeah. Oh, if you were in shock, you wouldn't be comforting someone. You would be sitting there with glassy eyes like, what? True, true, Yeah. And I kind of enjoy that no one else in the room notices this except for uh, uh, Severus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Narcissa and Draco are, you know, concentrating on each other, and Lucius is concentrating on the Dark Lord because he is in deep crap. Oh, yes. He's, you know... Mm -hmm. To say the least. Just about... He's in trouble. Yay! He's just about ready to panic. And now he's, you know, waiting to see what's going to happen to him because he's told his story 
placing the best possible interpretation on it. And now he has to wait and see what the Dark Lord says. And the waiting is always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. And Voldemort says to him, you know what would ordinarily happen in this case. So he's like, uh, yeah, you'd kill me and all my family. Yeah. And Voldemort and, says, and, since fate has been merciful to you, I will as well. I will be kill one of you. <laughs> I know. But I'll make you choose. And, uh, and Lucius being Lucius uh, makes the wrong choice. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Yeah. He should have killed Always. himself, but not so lucky us. And I love uh, that... He, he wouldn't even consider killing himself. And Narcissa kind of notices what's probably going on. Lucius standing there looking shocked with his wand in his hand and moves in front of Draco and stares at him. Yeah. Basically uh-huh. forcing me. him to choose her rather than Draco. Lucius is a jackass. And she's the yeah. Well, on, yeah. the, on, on the other hand, I don't think Lucius would have chosen Draco with his lust for a family line and all that. I don't think he would have. No, but, but, but I mean, it's just, ah, no, I know. Ah, ah. Narciss has always been Anger. the expendable one. No, but I mean, so, so this is the whole thing that, like, Narciss, so, so, you know, even, you know, while he's in the dishes of his life, he's thinking, oh, well, you know, if Hermione was, you know, really my child, then it wouldn't be so bad because then she wouldn't be a muggle-born. She would, she would have been yeah. pupil at it. Well, there, there's yeah. at least it that. It explains it's how like, good she is. That's true. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, I'm not thinking like the Slytherin tonight, am I? No, you are not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. The depth to the to to which this man is, you know, a greasy ass jackass of an idiot. Like I can't form words around him. He's just he's there, and it's just kind yeah. of like you're bound to die through the laws of. Fictionism, like <laughs> the jackass always dies. Well, and he's mm-hmm. just lost everything. His beautiful house, his manor, his pride and joy is rubble. He chose to kill his wife, and in that choice, he lost his son. So, mm-hmm. I mean, once again, we have this same, broken man. But at this, I mean, he lost. He lost everything because he made the wrong choices, mm-hmm. and he had. He had the wrong idea of what was uh, a good priority. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of man, especially in Anne's universe, that puts his family last, oh, yeah. that puts blood purity first. And I, I, his, his priorities are completely like, you know, we, we, you know, we laugh that Ron in the first book says, oh, well, Hermione needs to straighten out her priorities when she's we could be killed or at least or, or worse expelled like that at least has some kind of logic train that you could follow lucius malfoy mm-hmm. is just like off the rails and in the woods somewhere like it, it doesn't make any sense and it's like i have no sympathy mm-hmm. like a lot of thick authors will write uh, uh lucius who is you know sympathetic that you want to feel for and it's just like no i have no sympathy for him he's an idiot he's always been an idiot he will always mm-hmm. be an idiot. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I was kind of a little upset that J.K. Rowling 
gave him uh, an out. Basically, he, he well, I mean, he, he basically kept everything at the end of Deathly Hallows because it's just like, uh, but you you've learned nothing. Like it's it's very clear that Lucius Malfoy has learned nothing. Right. And he's not the sort of man who would. Yeah. He wouldn't. Oh, he would. And and but it drives me at the wall because. I don't like Lucius Malfoy because I like when characters learn something from a story. And Lucius is, is one of the few characters in Harry Potter that learns nothing from his experiences. It's all, you know, it, it's still about blood purity at the end of Deathly Hallows. It's, it's never going to be about his family. He was willing to give up his family. Narcissa at least puts her son first. Right. Mm-hmm. And that saves her. After that, a while. Well, she she comes to realize that her son is more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which, and you know, she had seen them. He, she knew that he was in love. She knew that he was changing. She was aware of things that Lucius was not. Mm-mm. And she didn't mind. Like, she was happy for him that yes. he was changing. Yes. Then he wasn't going to mm-hmm. end up like his father. I love the very end of mm-hmm. this. Because... Severus's line... Well, first of all, we have Draco who's asked to go and spend the rest of the holidays at Hogwarts and has been given permission. And Mm -hmm. Lucius is sobbing. And, you know, Severus is like, hmm, I guess I better... uh..." No, he submits to a small and wicked urge and he walks over and he he says, my condolences on your choice. And Lucius is like, what does that mean? And he said, I love this next line. She might someday have forgiven you. He never will. And then he leaves. Mm And yeah, leaves this broken man. And do we see him again? I don't remember. Lucius. I think we might. Yes, we do. Time or two. Yes, we do. We might one one more time. Okay. Um, I I mean, one of the reasons why I think "Be Careful" struck so true for me was that Lucius got the his just desserts finally in my book. That you know his entire world was destroyed be- because of the person that he was in canon. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that she changed him; she kept him exactly how he is in canon. But Lucius got what was what was supposed to come to him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know it's not real life. I know that you know good people all the time suffer, and bad people all the time get away with things. But when I'm reading something, I want the bad guy to suffer. I want the bad guy to understand that the road that they chose was the wrong one and it was stupid of them to, to go down that road and the choices that they've they've made you know they they have no excuse because the choices that they made were the choices that they made mm-hmm. and the fact that Lucius didn't mm-hmm. kill himself instead of turning his wand on his wife I just i mean he 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 deserves what he he's going to get yeah, they're all mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Severus is right. I don't think she would have ever forgiven him if he had killed Draco. I, I think he's he's right in the fact that she might have. She probably wouldn't have, but she there was a small ch- chance that you know she very much loved Lucius. Yeah, and yeah. I think there was a chance. But I but think I she think... was getting disillusioned with Lucius, and she was. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling closer than ever with Draco and stuff like that. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would have taken some time, definitely. And but I could see something like you know she um, plays on his his own qualities and to 
have another child because he wants his heir, don't you know? And then she would proceed to just ignore him and make everything about her new child mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we move to chapter 81. Boop! And we're... Be careful what you decide. We are with the trio and Ginny and Luna back at Shell Cottage. And Ginny wants mm-hmm. to know how Harry's sure where the last Horcrux is. You know, we've been trying to decide between Gringotts and, and Hogwarts for months. Yeah. And so he's been doing some reasoning, yes. which gets very close, but stops a couple steps short of what actually happened because he's Harry and he's got a couple of walls still. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> he figures, you know, Luna was kidnapped and taken to Malfoy Manor. So while she was there, she must have, uh, she and her friend must have stolen the cup from Draco, who got it from the vault and uh, sent it off. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and Luna isn't dissuading him of anything. She says, yes, Draco was very careless with it. I'll have to talk, talk to him about that. <laughs> and then they go back down to see uh, Andromeda. with uh, Ron and Hermione. Yep. Baby. <laughs> so they've just been to see the baby. Ron didn't go because he was staying with Hermione. And Hermione's going to live. Yep. Yay! Yay! But she can't get her hand back. They don't have anything to do that will help that. So she'll just have to learn to use her left hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, well. they're worried that she's not going to give uh, forgive herself for what happened, which is, I mean, a very Hermione thing to do. But I think that's more of a Harry thing to do than a Hermione thing to do. Mm-hmm. Hermione's very logical, and I don't think she would blame herself for something that happened in war. Yeah, and, you know, so Mrs. Tonk says that she'll sleep for a while and she might not even remember what happened, but she'll be shocked and angry and might have phantom pain, which is a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry, uh, through Voldemort, finds out that she did. Yep. And we are very happy about this. No, we aren't. We're just trying to clarify, like, who's dead? Yeah. And, you know, he realizes that Andromeda Tonks was Andromeda Andromeda uh, Black, and yeah, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, it, it's your sister. And he wants to know if it's Bella, and or she wants to know if it's Bella, and Harry says no. And Andromeda Tonks is upset, and she leaves, and yeah. Luna follows her, and so Ginny and Ron Hermione... is confused, because, you know, they just left, and she was fine. What's happened? Did she did yeah. the house something in the house fall on her and he explains what Voldemort forced Lucius to do. Right. And Harry is quite, um, he's hit quite hard by this because for one thing, it's always weird to see things from Voldemort's point of view. And it's such, so diametrically opposite to the way he'd feel about things. Mm -hmm. And, but then, Here's Draco having to watch his own mother die, and Harry kind of knows what that's like because of the Dementors. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I think what shakes him the most is that he usually sees these things from Voldemort's perspective. So he he would feel the enjoyment of watching Draco's mother die, and that would be very unsettling for anybody, mm-hmm. yeah. especially mm-hmm. Harry, who has seen his own mother die. Yeah. yeah. So then he s- says that, you know, Ron, I need your help. 
when you were staying at Shell Cottage, did you and Ollivander talk? And Ron says, yeah. So, you know, I need you to tell me what happened. And What did he say? Right. He's, and Ron says, uh, well, I wasn't going to tell you much because he was talking about, uh, and Terry kind of goes ahead, and it was about the Elder One, wasn't it? Like, you thought it would just make me worse about all that. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's what Ron thought. And he was probably right at the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we find out that, you know, it's real. It's got all different kinds of names. and The Wand of Destiny. Yeah. Yes. They have fun with that. But. There, I, I like that there are these light moments in the middle of the darkness. So, But he tells him that Voldemort knows where it is and that he's going to take it. Yeah. Harry's realized this. But he also knows that he's finally decided that they can't worry about that. Mm-hmm. They have to get to the Horcruxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a, what it matters is. to them. It's going to be about the Horcruxes. This war is going to be decided on Horcruxes. And then he keels over. Plunk. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Figuratively speaking, of course. And I love that Ron catches him, takes off his glasses, and just puts him next to Hermione. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and Janine says, you know, I think our life might have been easier sometimes if you'd had a different seat on the train. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, Mommy, Mommy, it's Harry Potter. Please, can I please, go? Can look at him, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know like, something to do to be all the way that. Yep. We get ready to but go. They to all bed. go to bed, and mm-hmm. we shift back to Voldemort and Co. He's, Snape is taking Draco up to Hogwarts. And Voldemort and And on follow. the way there, uh, Draco has a completely unrelated practical question about magical theory. <clears throat> of course. And what happens to an unbreakable vow when the person who requested the vow is killed? And Snape says, mm-hmm. there's nothing. The vow keeps going. Right. And Draco waits till he's alone and then basically breaks down. And then he switches universes. And we should yep. switch chapters. Boop! And he Be careful how I mourn. And, I mean, this is so good for Draco because he gets a, a safe place to mourn for his mother. Canon world is not a good place to mourn for the people that you've lost no. at no. this point. So it's kind of fabulous that he gets this. So we start with Marcus Black. Using his abilities as an, a male heir of Ravenclaw to be able to tell when someone's hurt and needs help. Right. And, we mm-hmm. saw that earlier in the story that Sirius can do that. And Marcus apparently can as well, at least when it's close like this. Finds Draco in a tight ball under his pillow and knows that he, what he's got to do, and he sends him help. And he knows mm-hmm. he needs his parents. Yeah. Because it's a big deal, not like a little deal. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that little line, just to, because, you know, Marcus is a teenage boy, and he says, some things a bloke could handle by himself, but for others, he did need parents. Yeah. So. He goes off to find Ceci. And Draco is in form in his yes. tight little bowl. Yes. And He's a mongoose um, under his pillow, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he is, you know, laying there thinking, and all of a sudden there's a whoosh of cloth, and he, someone lifts the pillow off of him, and he, you know, whips around, and he's ready to smarl, snarl and bite, and the form that's above him is not human. And he's like, hmm, wait a minute. And he... <laughs> 
gets jaws clamped around him and he's struggling and struggling and squealing and his captor kind of rumbles at him. Mm-hmm. And it's danger yeah, in her true. wolf form. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be kind of scary, I would think. Uh-huh. Yep. She. And we get a at least slight, slightly useful um, instance of the pun because Draco is feeling very sorry for himself and like everyone he cares about gets killed or has things happen to them and he's thinking I should leave when I, he and Harry I should get I can't together. Stay here when I put everyone <laughs> I care about in danger, and then he thinks. But considering she's already she already is danger, maybe I could stick around. Draco does pull a Harry from a good portion of this fic, and mm-hmm. but I mean it's understandable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a lot of things happen to him. He decides he can't leave her while she's awake, so he's going to wait until she's asleep, and then he ends up sleeping with her. Hopefully polite, after all. (laughs) Because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's nothing but polite, is Drago. Yeah. He's basically just uh, talking himself out of things, basically. And once he falls asleep, Danger lets Remus know, and he, in turn, lets Cecilia know that she can go in. Right. Oh, sassy. And Sassy used her power to make sure that he doesn't transfer worlds. And this is a point that is kind of good to bring up and made sense once it showed up in the chapter because I assumed Marcus was going for her, and he was, sort of, but she's she can't be the one to comfort Draco at this point because she looks far too much like Narcissa. Mm-hmm. 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 It just wouldn't work. I wonder how Marcus knew to go for somebody other than... I think Marcus... I I mean, working with with teenagers as I do, um, I think Marcus just went, oh, I need my parents. Teenagers don't think that that thoroughly. It's like, okay, this is beyond my skill. I'm going to get my parents, and they can can figure out what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not really, I need to go to a specific adult. It's just my parents are the higher authority. Right. So, wait, is it Marcus? What it was is that Marcus was going for Draco's parents, and having found Cecilia, they kind of worked out that she shouldn't be the one to do stuff. But you yeah, may be right. I, I he always, went to the black instead. I don't know. That's like way too kind of like, I'm sorry, but teenagers don't think that thoroughly. They're like, as as really, I'm just saying. His first thought was, okay, he's in a lot of pain. He's in the sort of pain he'd need his parents for, and he went for Draco's parents. And it's them who thought it through and said, you know, she's she can't go in right now. But they don't yeah, know I what the that, problem is. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess that's an open in interpretation. Means that some things a bloke can handle for himself, others he needs parents. And he says, "Parents, not parents." Yeah. That's true. And well, although is Marcus a black? Yes. Yes, Marcus is a black. Okay. So he probably what I was thinking is he went for his dad and his mom, and then they figured out what to do. I love mm-hmm. how we're debating this of all. Definitely. <laughs> so hunger is probably going to be head desking going for Pete's sake. <laughs> Uh, well, it's fun to. Di- I mean, Anne's work is so good. The only time we can really debate anything is through the little gaps. Yeah, I know. Have 
<laughs> so Draco was hungry, so he wakes up. Yeah, and Moody's and sitting he there was and uh, says good morning or Willie, good afternoon. How do you feel? And he's you know not at all sure. And they say we know kind of what happened in your time, but we don't know everything. Um, they probably use the TPP. Yeah, can you tell us what you can? And he's mm-hmm. you know kind of snarls. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about how he's killed his own mother and etc. Yeah. And oh, Mooney Draco. says, uh, "Pretty sure you didn't kill her." Yeah. <laughs> but Draco yeah, and it's, you is know, doing the Harry thing. You know, if I hadn't done what I did, she still would be alive. And if I hadn't done all these things, and it's because of you and all the... I've changed too much, and I should have just stayed the way I was, and she'd be fine. And, yeah, he's uh, having a tantrum, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and this is also... He's having a huge identity crisis of what is the definition of family. Because his birth mother is dead... But his the person that he's been calling his real mom is still alive, and where do your I mean, where do your loyalties lie? Like what, what mm-hmm. no? And he feels like because he stopped thinking of her as his real mother, uh, he sort of subconsciously set her aside, and she got taken out. Because Draco stopped thinking of his birth mother as his actual mother. She got killed. And that's his, basically, that's just his leap of logic. And Moody says, I don't it's think like you're right. It's like the thing is where if you had an argument with your parents about some stupid thing and uh, they or they were grounding you or whatever, and uh, you said, oh, I, I wish you fell down the stairs or whatever, and they break their leg on something, then you think it's I, your fault. Right. I mean, I feel horrible for Draco. At this point, because mm-hmm. I can totally understand mm-hmm. where he's coming from. And I have to say, I'm with him getting angry at, at Mooney because mm-hmm. he can't possibly understand. He's, he's being very calm and logical about all this. And he can't po- possibly understand how illogical this situation is. Right. Most illogical. And he's, you know, he's blaming Lupin. This is all your fault. You made me do this. You did something to me. You played with my mind, messed me around. This is some big fancy trick. It's all it's ever been. And yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's not blaming Lupin. He's he's blaming Lupin on the surface, but under the surface, he's he's horribly messed up because he's changed to the point that he know he can't go back and be the person that he mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what he he's. I think this is his like first revelation that that he can't be the person that he was. And mm-hmm. this is a very rude awakening that he, he's not going to be the, the, you know, the kid with everything, the kid with the double blessed life. Right. And he's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he's just totally melting down and, you know, this is all your fault. Uh, and it's my mother that's dead, but all of your precious people are just fine. And he hurls a punch at Lupin's face who, you know, and Lupin of course dodges it. And the minute later, Draco's wrapped in Lupin's arms with his back to the older man and he's struggling but he can't get out and Lupin says not all my precious people are fine right now one in particular is very upset mm-hmm. and, yeah. this, this breaks my heart so like cause I mean I know I know <laughs> Draco has reverted to the point where he's not going to trust anyone 
because mm-hmm. if he trusts somebody, that's just going to get people hurt and it's going to mm-hmm. get him hurt. Yeah. And he, you know, let me go and Lupin lets him go and he says, I'm nothing to you. I never will be. And Lupin says, okay, if that's what you think, if you say so. And he, he basically says, yeah, I'm not going to let you out of this room because you will hurt people. You will hurt yourself. But if you want to duel with me, um, if you want to fling things at me, if you want to fling yourself at things, go right ahead. And well, it's like when Dumbledore was with Harry, and he says, you know, by all means, continue to break my possessions. I dare say I have too many. And Harry, you know, he lets Harry have that outlet. Right. And that's what... Because Lupin, Lupin is pretty accomplished to start with, and he's also much calmer than Draco right now, and so he's pretty sure anything Draco can throw at him, he's ready to take. Right. So mm-hmm. he's just going to let him kind of burn himself out. And just... And, and Remus informs him that she didn't die ignorantly. She knew about Luna and how much Draco had changed, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she tells him about all these things that We've been we've the also we the, the reader has been informed them singing. Yeah, so Rudis is letting him know about all these things. Did scenes you just that play Mooney No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but I it, you it, did. Never mind. Carry on. <laughs> okay, so Remus uh, is informing Draco of all these little scenes that uh, the reader has have been viewing, but Draco is oblivious to, and he's realizing all his mistakes with his sloppy silencing charms and, you know, the cracks that there were in this whole plan and and the fact that his mother gave him a future. And she knew that he had changed and she was happy that he had changed. And then he just crumbles. I'm not worth Mm -hmm. that. I don't deserve Mm -hmm. it. I'm not worth it. When he says, no one is. No one ever is. All we can do is try to be and keep trying even if we fail. Yeah. And And we also missed the point where Draco actually stops himself from... He's all ready to take out his wand and hex Mooney six ways from Sunday um, because he's so angry at this point. He says, oh, sure, you can't let me go through the door, I could take you, I'll I'll have you on your knees before we're done. And that makes him think of himself being on his knees before the Dark Lord. And he really doesn't want to be anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that gives Lupin the opening to tell him some of these things. And we move on. Yeah. I love this. Uh, I love the parallel from. I, I love the parallel between the last sentence of this chapter and the author note. It was three o'clock in the afternoon, and Draco Malfoy was safely home. Author notes: It was one o'clock in the morning, and Anne Walsh was safely through the roughest chapter of the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. Yeah. I'll need to go reread this when I get to some other parts. But yes, I. I Oh boy, I'm gonna go cry. Like seriously, <laughs> I need a drink. Uh, no, this, so we this move chapter, on. Like, be careful what question. So be careful what question you ask. Is the next chapter? Yep. Boop. And we are back in the canon world with Ginny and Harry and Tonks and Teddy and all our favorite characters from canon. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. Hermione and Ron. Where they've been, and yeah. whether the reflection reports were accurate. And Ginny says yes, but we never knew how they managed it. It wasn't something we were doing. Right. And uh, then she wants to know how they got caught. And she says, well, I did magic and set off the trace. And you know, she wants to know if she did it on purpose. And no, well, sort of. Harry was about to say, you know whose name, which would have set it off too. And I wanted to stop him, and I did accidental wandless magic. And Quit blaming like, yeah. yourself. Accidental magic, you hear what I hear in there? Accidental, as in you didn't mean to. Seriously, everybody needs to like get together and have like an it's all my fault party and just like get it all out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, so, so I, yeah. I I think some of it is justified. Ginny having a, you know it's all my fault moment. It's just like I I want to I kind of want to smack her at this point because it's part, I think part of it is just we've we've come off of eighty two and it's just like we all want to cry and have really stiff. Yeah, things. I know. Yeah. And then Hermione's like, I did accidental magic. I'm going to blame myself now. I really want to smack you right now, Ginny, because you're being <laughs> stupid. Yep. No one's They've dead. all hung you're around okay. Harry too much. It's contagious. Apparently. <laughs> they need to put Hogwarts It's all my fault. Uh, no, it's all my fault. No, really, it's all my fault. Yep. <laughs> Can you imagine that? They're very into the woods of them. Well, and she says <laughs> that that well Lupin's really good at that too. He knows every variation of blaming himself for things I've never even heard of. And Lupin yep. walks in. Talking mm-hmm. about me <laughs> Of course. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. What, what else is there to talk like, about? They're way too cute in this spec. <laughs> and then he he's bringing food, which of course wakes up Ron because, you know, Ron food. Asio double stuff. That's mm-hmm. about the only thing that's going to wake him up. I, I, I kind of wish so, uh, people would stop doing that cliche. Like, it's it's still funny to me, but at the same time, it's just like, really, really, we've, we've done this for ten years. Can we move on to something else besides the fact that Ron likes food? All right, Harry, this better be good, because I don't have a snack, and I'm missing Wizards of Waverly Place. Well, that's true. But, yes, all the Weasleys like food. They're used to it. This is true. Yep. But the others are... Still asleep because they've been dosed. Right. Yep. And they won't be mm-hmm. awake for a while. And Tonks. Some kind of magic is feeding them. Tonks gives Ron a bad time, you know. He has not been comic relief enough. No. He's failed in his <laughs> duty. I love this. And, yeah. And Ron's just like, you know, staring at her, open mouthed. Like, have you ever tried to distract Harry when he's got his teeth into something? Or Hermione? They're like Hufflepuffs. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> you can't shake them off. Although apparently Ginny's a help, at least with Harry. Yeah. Yay. Ginny can distract Harry. In ways that Ron does not want to contemplate. Dirty. <laughs> yep. Lupin says he thinks they've all been worrying too much, and Tonks says, like, you haven't been Really? really? <laughs> Worried? Never. But she wants to know... How are they doing on their quest? She doesn't want to know what it is, but they're getting close to the end. And Ron says, yeah, that's that's probably right. And, okay, well then, you're close to the end, but you can't just go charging off and do it right now. You have to rest up and get ready and do it properly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and Tonks has put Ron in charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... 
because of her experiences with Bill and Charlie. Yes, he's in charge of organizing the boozer. Yeah, <laughs> because we've decided that's what they need, and since she can't drink, she's gonna let him be in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Remus on this. If a death eater, eater doesn't kill me, Molly will. Yeah, but okay. And Ginny says that she'll protect him. The Death Eaters, maybe, but she'll protect him from mom. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Ginny still has a couple of trump cards when it comes to her mom. Probably. I feel like she's the only one of the Weasley kids that does. And they're going to have the party whenever Hermione wakes up. She's Mm -hmm. uh, not much of a drinker, but that's okay. And And Ginny offers to make the food. Yes. (laughs) Tonks is just about going to offer her mother anyway, but... uh, uh-huh. Lupin just sort of sidesteps her a little bit. <clears throat> just because, you know, she might not enjoy having, oh, by the way, we're cooking for 15 people. Yeah. yeah. Just show up. Yeah. Yep. And then we, you know, he says, I'll take Ginny into the kitchen and see what she needs, and then I need to do the Fidelis charm. And Harry wants to know, you know, why, what's the holdup? I don't mean to be rude, but there's no secret that we're connected to you, and they're going to start looking here. Mm-hmm. And we find yeah. out. And they have to wait for Luna to come back. Yeah. Because they want to have everybody who's going to know the secret inside when it happens. Uh-huh. Right. And so <laughs> they kind of joke around with Bill and, and what happens in the curses of the Egyptian pyramid. And I kind of like the fact that Ron can do math to some extent. Because, you know, Jimmy's line is, you know, do you think having two heads will make the Death Eaters any smarter? They've got no brains to start start with, said Ron. Two times nothing is still nothing. And it's yeah. like, yay, you can do your time tables. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they, 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 they went to, well, when Molly taught them to home, so they could do math we don't, we and don't, stuff. This is, we don't know this. Well, Joe said so. Joe said so. When did Joe say, say this? I'll go find it and I'll show you. Uh-uh. Because I've only I've only ever seen this in fact. I have I have no. Not, hold on. I mean I know Molly taught them, but they never said what she taught them. So there's no confirmation that like Ron knows math. Presumably well, they know. Go to Hogwarts and not know any sure math. They... I mean, he's got to be able to add like I don't know five pints of this times I don't know. Yeah, they have yes, to have yes, some math. Because following a recipe is the same thing as math. Well, it's pre-math, sure. It's pre-math. They can it, probably it, count, it, at least. Can, but. Yes, I. well, I mean, I, I'm assuming that they can count, but I was saying, like, time tables, you don't really, like, see the Wizarding World having time tables no. in canon, at least. And I just had, like, it was just one of those moments of Ron is quote-unquote stupid, and oh, yeah, you can do your timetables. It was more of a joke than anything. But I I don't remember Joe ever saying anything about what kind of schooling Molly gives her kids. No, but they can either go to Muggle Primary School or get educated at home, so I'm assuming... It's not, like, there's no, like, CD version of primary school for the Wizarding World. It doesn't matter anyhow. But it's fun to argue. I know. But we need to get <laughs> So but they're they're joking around and Harry's just you know, he realizes that Toss is right that they needed a break from their Horcrux hunting slash well, fighting uh-huh. evil slash being 
pity party party uh, participants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then we so, shift back to Draco. Yep. And he's back in this world as well. Yep. And he's doing his essays or something. He's writing anyway. Yeah, I think he might be writing his journal. I think he would have a lot to write right now, but mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. really know. Could be. And he's been talking about, you know, what what he should do because he, he doesn't want... Well, he's first of all, he's been imagining what people's faces will be like when all of this comes out and they find out that he's the one that's been helping them. And then oh, he's man. like, well, I'm kind of glad I'm not going to really be there. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we find out that he's been discussing with Mooney and Danger what to do for his final journey into the other world and mm-hmm. kind of what he should, what kind of direction he could, should take because mm-hmm. it's too dangerous for him to go, you know, come now and wait there for Harry to get around to killing the dark Lord. What if he mm-hmm. fell asleep at the wrong moment and ended up in the wrong place? Mm-hmm. So we don't want yeah. to do that. And he figures he has to stay involved to make sure it's going to work out. And Drake goes in love. Thinks of Luna, and he's, yeah, longing for mm-hmm. her. And then he's interrupted by Snape. Yes. He needs to come to his office. Right now. Uh-huh. But Aunt Andromeda has come to visit, because uh-huh. she thought he might need to talk. Yay, Andromeda. Or that tell Snape, anyway. Yeah. Yep. Because they do you talk know- for a little bit, but what they're actually after for him to nip inside before the Fidelius gets cast. <laughs> yep. They go together. I'm surprised that even with Draco how do I put this? Even even with the whole his mother being dead and all that, I'm surprised that Draco as pretending to be Draco Malfoy would deign to talk to Andromeda. It, it wouldn't surprise me just because a lot of pure-blood wizarding society is kind of paralleled to Victorian England society, high society. And even if you didn't like someone, if they were above your age, you had to, you know, you had to show them respect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the fa- and the fact that Draco's a little stiff um, of this, of all this, um, you know, kind of plays into that of he wouldn't be warm toward mm-hmm. no. Aunt Andy. Yeah. And because, I mean, in, in the other world, it's Aunt Andy. In this world, it's Aunt Andromeda. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With just Snape, at this point, he doesn't feel so much like he needs to keep up the act to the extent that he does everywhere else. Like, he's mm-hmm. obviously not letting Snape in on everything, but... This is something that's going to work out for him, so if it requires being a little bit less like Draco Malfoy, he's going for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they find out about Teddy. She tells him he has a new cousin, but mostly she's there to lead him to a room where somebody else is waiting. Yeah. Yay, Luna. And we shift back to Harry watching yeah. Hermione. The beginning of Be Careful Whom You Discuss. Boop! Uh-huh. Not quite sure I can remember how that applies, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Harry's being introspective as well. There, there's a lot of that going around at this point. Mm-hmm. Andy and Luna show up again, and Luna has a gray fur muff on. 
Yes. A mongoose named Loop. <laughs> yes, her friend from the forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Harry, I like him already. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't know who that is. Yep. Yeah, and I like the, he sniffs at Harry's fingers and then sneezes. <laughs> Bless you. Yep. And he wants to know what about the forest. And Luna says, oh, that's where I first met him when we had our week of detention with Hagrid. And Ginny explains how it kind of inspired her to keep going with the DA and everything because of, you know, finding a snake killer and all. Yeah. Yep. So, and then Andromeda, you know, says, do I smell something burning? Oh, my scones. <laughs> off she goes. So, so, question at this point. Is Andy read in on this whole thing, or is, did, did Draco pretend to leave? Well, Luna has Draco in her arms as an animagus. Yeah. Is Andy aware that it's Draco, or did she think that she dropped Draco back at Hogwarts and Luna and Draco did? No, she knows. She has to know. I'm just, you know, I haven't really concluded either way. I just was curious what you guys thought. Uh Yeah. I think it comes up pretty soon. They're in a room alone together, and they sort of bring it up again. But I think, if I recall correctly, she already knew before that. So, yeah, yeah. Did, I think she does know at this point. In in both Be Careful and in The Dangerverse, uh, Annie's really perceptive. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, now she's talking with Ginny, and uh, Ginny says, did you get your errand done? And she said, oh, yes. My remaining sister is thoroughly cautioned against reducing our family any further. And Ginny's like, that sounds ominous. Can you tell us what she did, or shouldn't I ask? And she's like, oh, you can ask. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? And she has to spell so that if Tonks is killed, or Remus, or Teddy, uh, Rodolphus and Rabastin Lestrange will die as well. Right. Which is mm. awesome! <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm having conflicting emotions on that one, but anyway. Well, so is Harry, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's... But uh, it's like, oh, that's drastic. Yeah, but, it's kind of know. like the first time he's gone. Okay, she really is related to those other two. <laughs> she knows. Well, I stuff. mean, it, it's it's not only. I I think this is one of those moments where Harry realizes that he doesn't really understand the Wizarding World. There's a lot of anger from Andy that full right because she was she was disowned by these people for mm-hmm. who she fell in love with. Right. And, you know, she hasn't heard a word from them for years just because she fell in love with someone. Mm-hmm. And she didn't get a dime of her dowry. She didn't get a dime of her inheritance. There's anger there. And the fact that the one remaining relative that has hope for the furthering of a good black line uh, has now been hurt further by their mm-hmm. actions. So, Although, yeah, speaking I, of the whole dowry and inheritance and all that, I've always wondered if Sirius got disowned, how was he able to get his hands on the house and all that good stuff? His, well, I mean, first of all, if I the remember correctly, the explanation is that they didn't um, they didn't follow everything through properly, or they didn't they assumed Regulus was still going to be alive as well, or something, and hadn't got everything re 
written so that he was out of everything and it just the mm-hmm. house just sort of came to him because it was entailed or whatever. And and I, think, I don't know how close that is to canon, but well, there are se- there are several um, theories on it. Um, one of them being that goblins don't operate the same way that wizards do, and Sirius mm-hmm. was the only person alive who was a close enough heir to well, Perga. Well, Pergus, right. whatever. Well, yeah, Pergus, yeah. to have inherited the house because mm-hmm. everyone else is an, a distant cousin, because two wars in however many years have killed a lot of people on mm-hmm. both sides. Right. So I kind of took it as he was the last remaining black, mm-hmm. and he kind of inherited it by default. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Well, and then we have a little change here because we have someone whistling Weasley is our king and mm-hmm. a gasp of Hermione and she has apparently woke up. Brilliant. Yep. Yes. And we're having Ron was coming down the stairs and then was shocked by her being awake. Yep. And she's not too broken up over, you know, the whole hand thing. See, see, Hermione's being logical about it. Yeah. Yay. Huzzah for Hermione! We like logic. Logic is so awesome. Yay! And the story kind of and comes out, which is what they'd already guessed, that she cut her hand on the sword, tossing it over. Mm-hmm. And... She will another, it's all my fault, fast. Yep. Because mm-hmm. Harry was worrying about this a lot more because he didn't realize that. And mm-hmm. Hermione says, you know, well, I would have had to take it off anyway. And he He's like, why would you have to take your hand off? And that's what she explained. This explain. is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yep. To the to the action of war. It's all my fault. Action of war. It's all my. F- it's war. Like it happens. Things yeah. happen. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I do like this little exchange just a bit earlier too. She says she's glad Harry's all right, and I guess turns to Ginny and says, I guess you were able to keep him from doing anything too insane. And he says, well, actually, she had to talk me into doing something insane. <laughs> I had to kill a wall. I don't know about this thing. But, yep. And then uh, Hermione's like, oh, just stop. If you're going to say that, then I'm going to have to say that I'm responsible for everything that went wrong on Christmas Eve because I was the one that said we should go to Godric's Hollow. It's an accident. That means nobody's at fault. Mm-hmm. Or it's my fault because I was the one that threw you the sword in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, she pretty much. I'm so happy. <laughs> Occasionally, then, they can get Harry to see sense. We get a little more levity because Lupin comes down with Teddy. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> that never gets old. And we have him going off to work on protecting them. Yep. Yeah, and he wants to know if anyone would like to see. The Fidelius cast. Ooh, and ooh, ooh! I just, sorry, I just realized that Draco Malfoy is under Fidelius. Yes, he is. Yes. Well, we needed him there. <laughs> yeah, and Hermione's like, "Oh yes, I'd love to watch, but I will ask about it later. I want to stay here and not think too much." Right. And Hermione and Harry and Ginny are kind of confused, and it turns out Ron kicked her. Right. <laughs> because they need to talk I am so proud of Ron right now he's just like I don't know I don't know he figured stuff out Mm -hmm. Ron Weasley is a competent wizard yes (laughs) scary (laughs) 
<laughs> so they have to tra- talk about Draco, and they have to talk about him without Harry, because Harry's got a bit of a bias when it comes to Draco. No, um, really? <laughs> and, like, well, somebody has to start, so Luna, like, come on, like, let, let's explain what you are really doing with Draco. And Luna reveals that they're engaged, and... Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, you and Reflection. And Hermione's like, Draco is Reflection. I've known since January. And And this is what she copied the memories for Uh earlier Uh on. But what happened with Sabini? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ron is shocked that you gave Draco Malfoy uh, Jenny's memories. (laughs) Not personal ones. (laughs) And there were two reasons. Uh, first, when he caught Ron, he was concerned about Ron. Mm-hmm. He wasn't his usual self. And it made no and, sense for him to turn Ron into Hermione yep. unless he was trying to keep up their cover story. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't figure that out the first time I read it until they started explaining it. And I'm sitting here going, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I loved sitting here the first time around and... and trying to figure out how everyone looks as they realize that Draco Malfoy is actually on their side. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Well, I mean, to, to as, as far yeah. as it matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Hermione re- reveals that uh, the other reason is that Draco Malfoy gave her his word, and yeah. that has magic of its own because the purebloods live by old rules. Yeah, they live by um, code. They don't break their word. Even they more like guidelines anyway. Which, well, I, mean, I, I have to say, this is wonderfully thought out by Anne because the reason, this is one of the reasons a lot of fans uh, have for why Harry had to compete in the tournament in Gabba Fire is because he quote-unquote gave his word. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be you would be breaking magic to say that you weren't going to compete after you quote unquote gave your word, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of like that explanation. Um, I've heard some other bad ones, but I, I kind of like the incorporation of the fact that words have magic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just because everything has magic in this world, it seems, including music. So, you know, we, we switched to 85, and we are, and this is one of my favorite intros to a chapter ever, including, you know, all regular fiction and fan fiction. Luke the mongoose followed his nose upstairs into the bedroom where his aunt sat watching over her sleeping daughter and grandson. I love the fact that it starts with Luke the man- mongoose. <laughs> and then he changes back. Yep. Yep. And he sits down and tells her what they've been up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been, the talking is getting boring because they're mostly going over stuff that he's done and he knows it all yep. already. Mm-hmm. And, and he asks, he gets he to can, hold Teddy. Yep. Teddy. And Andy tra- starts to instruct him on how to hold Teddy, but Draco knows and is yep. an old pro at this. And he is very much in control of his powers at this point. Andy kind of looks at him and, and is kind of exp- searching his soul, so to speak. And it's just like, y- you're not what I expected, Draco. And he's like, if I had a 
if I had was that my echo or was that me really saying that? No, we were both yeah, close. We're talking together. <laughs> I was like, eh. It's um, the twin and, thing or whatever it yes. is with you. I don't know. <laughs> it's the fact that we spend entirely too much time talking to each other. Way yes, too much time. Yep, yep, yep. Shut up. Don't judge me. Uh-huh. And Andy wants to know if the answer to the conundrum is anything that can be explained in the time we have. And he says, eh, probably no. not. No. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you eventually. Well, there's also the fact that I don't think that she would believe him if she she was told. Right. Mm-hmm. Possibly not. It's hard to say. But she kind of reaches up and rests her hand on Teddy's forehead and then... Draco looks at it and, like, did he just see her thumb move in the other world's sign of protection? And then he's like, no, nah, I can't. And she puts her hand on his and forehead and does the same thing. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, I think I need to talk to mom tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So. Which sends Draco's mind hurtling in enough direction to be at right angles to itself, which is just... Yep. Fun phrasing. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fortunately, he does notice the footsteps in. and uh, becomes Luke the Mongoose just in time. Yep. <laughs> um, Remus comes in and, and Andy asks if they're all worded, and they are. And <laughs> Luke is, is sniggering into his tail. Yes. Wait. No one who isn't already here will be able to find us unless I tell them where. <laughs> yep. So fabulous. I wonder how if that if that's how it really works. Sure. I don't know. Because with the oh yeah, ignore me. I've seen it several different ways. I've written a entirely different way myself. I I mean I think it's one of those things that J.K. Rowling may never reveal about the Fidelis charm. Although she's changed things a bit, but we're not going to get into that. It's this whole... uh, It's kind of like the things people do with Star Trek and other um, sci-fi TV shows. Are you watching Star Trek? There's all sorts of convoluted things that the fans will put together so that the weird stuff on the show actually makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love love when people do that. And so Luke takes off and uh, (laughs) Lupin hears him. What was that? And... She thinks that, herself, my dear professor, was your biggest security risk. Yeah. Not that you know that, or ever will, at least not until there's no more need for security. Right. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the whole fact that this scene happened when it did, because Draco Malfoy has just broken down to the other Miss Lupin. So it's mm-hmm. kind of very, it's very interesting the way that this kind of, the, the timelines can, uh, are paralleled. Because... Mm-hmm. He's got very different relationships with the same people in different mm-hmm. universes. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine that keeping them straight would drive you mad. Oh, I'm sure. So I they're also back like the, to... the little um, solution that they have for the things that you might say to activate the trace. They've come up with a variant tongue-tying jinx mm-hmm. so that you can't say it. Yeah, yep. It's basically... Um, it, it also amuses me a little more than it might because it's very much like the censors on the forum and those are going nuts at the moment. <laughs> By the time any of you listen to this, it will be 
either I back to normal or some completely different version of nuts. But uh, I'm not saying anything. Fun. It is currently <laughs> pre-Christmas 2011, and PS is bored. Yes. Yes. Though, though I really want to keep um, in in the Hufflepuff house. We have the instead of the Hufflepuff house general thread, we have the Second Cir- Circuit th- Court of Appeals, and I really want to keep it that way because <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant name for a thread. It is very um, I actually requested that one of my posts be kept because I was talking, oh, it's a bad fix thread, I think, where I was talking about Ron, my wanting to be on a podcast for the sole sake of Ryan being on it. And it actually reads something about cat men do on a bicycle. And I was like, can we please keep it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Catman yep. dude. I've always wanted to be on a bicycle with Catman dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was something along those lines. I was, yeah, I mean. <laughs> what? Can I can I go save that somehow? Because it's really you can, funny. Uh, if you p- press Apple Shift Four, okay. it'll give you. It'll let you select a, an area for a screenshot. Oh yeah. Duh. There you go. I've done that before. Okay, thank you. So, Catman Dude is big into his cats. So. <laughs> and it's also yes. almost a place name, which is what amuses me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And speaking of cats, since we haven't actually been off on Crazy Tangents yet tonight, I think that we got rid of Desi today. Did you? Is it good or bad? It's good because he's still okay. fighting with the other cats, and he just yeah. wants to be inside and on somebody's lap and loved. Yeah. And we have a friend who had just lost their cat and had been looking, and we kept saying, "We have this great cat for you," and she just wasn't ready. And last night she said, mm-hmm. "I want to meet him." I think that might have been who just called. Okay. So I'll have to go check yeah, the well, messages. You have to keep us posted. Yeah, but I think. He'll be. This lady used to get up every morning and hold the cat in her arms, and like stand at the window and say, "Look at this day. What do you think we're gonna do today?" And then talk and stuff. And that's what he needs. He needs somebody to pay attention and love him. So Mm -hmm. Uh it's good. And we didn't want to do that because we didn't want to alienate our other cats that were here first. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So back to the six. Yes. Uh, Yes. Since that's why we're here. Uh, so Ron and Hermione and Ginny and Luna have decided to spin everything so that Harry is none the wiser that Malfoy has anything to do with all this. Right. Um, yeah. Because Harry's just not ready to, to know that information just yet. No. Um, and Harry's so, also more than a touch drunk. Which yeah. Is- <laughs> Slight. Just a little bit. Um, so they're kind of, you know, Ron has the easy job because he didn't, you know, he can pin everything that Malfoy did for Ron on Luna. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, Hermione lost a hand because of Malfoy and Malfoy saved her life. So, you know, he's he's got a bit of a harder job selling Harry on the fact that Malfoy is still the same as ever. Mm-hmm. So Ron says that, for example, Luna cut him loose after Malfoy shoved him in the room with her, and mm-hmm. her friend Reflection found the Animagus amulets. Well, wait a minute. The that reminds me. This the when Harry says obviously, I totally have it in Snape's voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and so we find out that he's a hawk. Ron mm-hmm. is a hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A red-shouldered hawk, I believe. They, uh, I'm not Luna sure if that is this point. Luna's a snowy mm-hmm. owl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Which we knew, because yes. she yep. came and landed in front of Harry and caused him to angst about Hedwig for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hedwig! Oh. <laughs> uh. And... They could talk about reflection as if he's a completely different person because they have Dean's description of him. Right, mm-hmm. uh, right. Looking like Hermione with blue eyes and yep. male. As if Hermione had a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luna says that she got to know Draco and she knows things about him that he doesn't even know about himself. He, he got to know a reflection. Oh, no, we're back to Draco now. We are back to Draco. So, um, yeah, that's right. Like he's, he's, She knows a lot about Draco now. And, like, the fact that Draco always wanted to be friends with Hermione. Uh-huh. And because he was he was horrible to them because he was, was kind of jealous. And he, it, you know, the, they're really kind of playing up this whole soul twin thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not wild about, but I'm going to let it fly just because I love the story so much. Um but you know he's he's Harry doesn't understand that for him to be friends with them would betray everything his family stands for. Um, I don't see how that's a hard concept for Harry to get. I really don't. Well, I mean, if you grow up in a family that hates you, you don't really understand the pull of who you are between who you are and who your family wants you to be. I suppose. And Harry, Harry never met. He's he's got the good family in the Weasleys who love mm-hmm. him for who he is and don't expect him to be anybody else but Harry. Not that you know, not the way he lived, but you know, Harry with his imperfections and his blaming himself and all that stuff. And the Dursleys who hate him no matter who he is and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be the perfect child and they would still hate him. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of. I, I would I would accept the fact that Harry would have trouble with this whole concept because he wouldn't understand what it meant to be torn right mm-hmm. between worlds. And we have yeah. Tonks who's sort of sketching out what happens in the air with her wand. I love yeah. this. <laughs> so okay, you guys are out here and you've got Luna with you and Ron's coming down the house and he's going to meet up with Wormtail and get his wand. And then what happens? And you know, and oh, and she, because reflections connected somehow to the Malfoys, and he's engaged in Luna, oh, so that think. gave her a little power, maybe enough to get past the wards. And it was like, yeah, yep. we thought it but would not enough back, to get back in. Yeah, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reflections, mm-hmm. a friend, and to the Malfoys, he's a relation they've never cared for. Right. Which is mm-hmm. just such very, a play on words. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he can wear a lot of different faces, um, and that's why he chose that name. So he picked one for Dean that he thought Dean would trust, which is absolutely true, but um, mm-hmm. not quite the way that Harry interprets it, probably. No. And Rod is just trying not to give it away. Um, and I, I give Ron credit because you know they're they're pulling a, a major fast one on Harry. Oh yeah. Um, and Tonks, and pretty much everyone except for the people who are in the conference. And Hermione now has to sell, sell losing her hand. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Draco is, uh, Hermione is kind of selling what Draco told her without selling the underlying meaning behind it. Right. Um, making, you know, cause I mean, which is, which is fair because the trio have only taken Draco at, at face value from the time that they were 11. Right. Just because they're older now and they see that, especially with Slytherins, not everything is what it looks like on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of ignoring that fact and we're going to sell Harry on what's still on the surface. So, and, and Hermione kind of shares that he, he was trying to sell her on the fact that he could make her believe that he was, they were friends and Draco was her brother and she's, she admits that she would have believed him. It's kind of and, amusing that in order to keep Harry going along with things, they have to sell him the same story that Draco was selling Lucius and co. Right. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and he, she says, you know, what made, Ginny wants to know what made her scream. And Hermione says, well, he threatened my parents. He said that I would kill them on his orders and that I would smile. And mm-hmm. that made me so angry that I screamed and the floor started shaking. And Harry's like, not just the floor, everything started shaking. The whole house. And Lupin's like, wow, that's quite a voice you've got there. But it wasn't mine, Hermione yeah. points out. The, the, the scream was hers, but um, the voice with the, the, the power behind what was going on wasn't hers. Right. Um, she heard someone speaking while she was screaming, just mm-hmm. as clearly as she hears any of them. Even in the wizarding world, hearing voices nobody else can isn't a good sign. (laughs) So I think what actually happened here is that Draco um, told the house to ask her what she wanted. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Basically made her a deputy, and uh, then she pointed at things in the house, crushed them as stated. Yeah, which is I I would believe is in another world she is a direct descendant. So and you know and Ron's so like, my heart bleeds for them. Not well, really. no, but but so so they they're being updated on where you know Bellatrix is now in Tintmungus, right? And can't leave for a week. She looks very very uncomfortable, and she's taking it out on Rodolphus and Rebastian. Of course, and Ron is not sympathetic at all. No. <laughs> No. no, but he kind of says, you know, something snarky and realizes how callous he sounds because he's talking to Andromeda and he apologizes and she says, never apologize for reminding us where the true blame lies. Mm-hmm. And she's looking he at, said, you know, who did for one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Draco. Yeah. But yeah. Ron sees it as Luna and he's like, that's ridiculous. Why would Luna blame herself for Mrs. Malfoy? Dying, and I like that. Even though he totally dislikes them, he still has that respect for mm-hmm. the elder, Mrs. Malfoy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know that was drummed into him, but still, it, it's a nice well, I think little nod. Even though the Weasleys didn't follow most of the pure blood tendencies, um, I feel like his parents are still pure blood in that respect. Of right, there are certain things you don't do, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like having old school parents. It's just like it's dumb manners and and you know, sir and ma'am and all this 
just if if you don't call someone Mrs. So and so until they say you can call me by my first name, you're in deep shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So then Hermione starts, you know, in on well, first of all, they find out about the Snatchers and Greyback, and that he's badly burned, but he'll probably live. Mm-hmm. And that, and Wormtail didn't make it out. Right. And then I, Hermione's the like, I didn't want to kill anyone. I just wanted to get away. And Luke the Mongoose <laughs> scurries over and delivers her such a lecture scolding <laughs> with his little uh, paw that they all start laughing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and Ron works out who he is. This is another instance of Ron being smarter than people give him credit for. Brilliant! Mm-hmm. Yay! Because he's, he's suspecting anyway. Right. That Luke is, in fact, Draco. Yep. Yeah, because he's got to go because it's getting late. Draco. And he's got to transfer back to the other world and be yeah. in the right place because of the Dementors. Right. And we move on. So Draco apparates into the Alley of the Hogshead. So he's, he's going back to uh, Hogwarts, Hogwarts. And Cass expected a Patronum, and it's, you know, Luna on the other end of his wand. So. Of course. He's found love. Um, is the caterwauling term up? What? Apparently not. It, okay. And, uh, He's rehearsing the story in his head. Yep. And a four, a, a, a little doe, uh, visits him. Comes to meet his... And, and comes to meet his yeah. own Patronus, and it's right. Snape. I am Snape, the potion's master. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he apologizes for being late, but says that they were talking. And he wonders... Which is true. Yep. He wants to know what his mom's going to have to say about... Ooh, excuse me, Snape's Patronus. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because he's already seen that the other Snape had a tiger. Right. Yep. And then we're back at the Tonks's and we're getting really drunk. Yes. <laughs> yep. I will have... Can I, can I just say about the Patronuses? It was really interesting what Anne did about Patronuses. Knowing what you know, the us on the po- call know about Dangerverse, it's already been revealed that Lily's sign is a tiger and not a doe. So, mm-hmm. and just tweaked can just enough to make it not add up that the doe would be Lily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of like that because the concept that a person who's an animagus who's a doe get married to someone who's a stag is like astronomically unlikely um i much prefer the 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 con you know i i know it's very poetic and it's very nice for for canon to be summed mm-hmm. up but as far as fandom goes i i kind of like the whole fact that the doe is someone else entirely yeah. I'm still a little leery on the your Patronus equals your Animagus until you found somebody to love enough to be their Patronus. I'm still a little hesitant on that theory. I don't. Th- I think it's um it's not necessarily your Animagus. I think it's um a symbol of the person who protect, protects you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for example, Tonks's original one was a swarm of butterflies before it turned into wait, the is that werewolf. It was something. I think the, I'm not sure if the butterflies itself was canon, but the fact that it changed yes. was right. canon. Right. 
So it it changes by who you, you know, the whole love thing isn't just like, oh, I'm in love with this person. It's that this person has my back. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it the love goes both ways. Right. Um, yeah. I don't think your Patronus is your anime just at any point. It's just something you see protecting you. And mm-hmm. if it's a person, it might take the shape of their anime just. Right. So. so, I mean, it's... I, I don't... One of the, one, I, I will agree, one of the, the my least favorite fics are the ones where Harry becomes a stag in Amagus. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's just like... It's, it's too pretty, it's too much in a bow, like... Harry doesn't really strike me as a stag animagus. No. Um, Harry isn't like his father. No. Harry's not at all like his father. That's like half the point of the books. Right. Is mm-hmm. that he's not like his father. I read a sick once where he was a cockroach animagus. <laughs> oh, dear. Mike would be afraid of him and he'd be dead in my apartment. <laughs> I just finished one where Scorpius is, was... A great big scorpion, so there you go. That one, too. That one, too. It, anything where it's a cheap play off somebody's name or exactly like their father. It's just like, no one is exactly like their father. Mm-hmm. I, but, you know, even barring that, Harry's personality is completely different than his father's. Especially because of the tra- his treatment at the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, stags are very proud. You know, you you see a stag in nature, like they're you know they hold themselves high. They're very you know kind of you know they're vain, regal. pretty. They're regal, and James mm-hmm. Potter was kind of a regal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Harry's not really regal. Like yeah. I, I can't really. Harry's more of like I have not put thought into what Harry's animagus form would be. But he would he would barrel in a danger with you know, without real regard for what's going on. Yeah, and but I don't think he would mind animagus, but anyway. I could see I, I, him I, as Padfoot. I could see him as maybe. a great can, big dog as, yeah, I can see that has Padfoot. no fear. That just kind of bumbles along and, you know, charges like in. Like a new fun one? Yeah, yeah, Harry Potter's a newbie. A newbie. I could see Harry being a stag in certain contexts. Like, if you were having a fic where he was becoming like his father was at the end, and like he's sort of coming into his own and being the general and that kind of fic, I would see it where he changes the first time and he's an adolescent stag and keeps tripping over things. Uh, Because that fits better for me than the, you know. I mean, it's still... But it's still, yeah... It's weird. It well, I mean, the whole fa- fact of the fact your animagus is supposed to be based on your personality, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that is that is not fandom. That is, that is something that is kind of canon accepted. Mm-hmm. That you know, Minerva McGonagall as a cat makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, and Rita Do you Skeeter. Think Umbridge is a cat. I think Umbridge is a cat. Yes, Umbridge is a cat. Um, but, you know, Harry Potter makes no sense whatsoever as a stag. Mm-hmm. There's, there, there's, I mean, you, you, even when, you, the the way I really like to look at, at James Potter is, even as a grown-up, he was a bit of an ass. Because, mm-hmm. you know what? People are, are flawed. People aren't perfect. It's okay that James Potter is an ass. 
And it's okay that James Potter was this, you know, very vain, very proud type of person. Those mm-hmm. were flaws, but they were re- flaws that were reflected in his animagus form. Harry doesn't have... Harry goes to another universe where his parents are alive, and it turns out that James is one of those guys who spends all his time at work. Yes, and, right. You know, he's not being actually the great dad that you see in some of the other fics. Yes, mm-hmm. and I love it because it's just like people aren't perfect. There's, mm-hmm. there's, and especially when you don't know them for. 15 years and then you suddenly find out that they're still alive in another world or whatever and you know it, it's your view of them shatters because they're no longer what you picture they're actually there and they're not at all what you thought they'd be mm-hmm. but it, it just it so annoys me that people think that your animagus form is your patrona just to wrap this up and, and so we can move on it annoys me that people think that your animagus form will be your Patronus until you find someone to fall in love with, because that's not mm-hmm. the point of the Patronus. The Patronus no. is something that will p- protect you. And oftentimes that it takes the form of, you know, someone who, you know, you know, a family member or someone that you feel will protect you. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, to some extent, last... I can see them being a extension of personality or, or maybe something that brings you joy because you're that's what you're channeling into your Patronus. Like, I can't really see Lunas, for example, being a bunny rabbit, being <laughs> a particularly protecting sort of thing. Well, but you're a hair, but anyway. Luna, right. you know, yeah. so. Hairs are slightly different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But no, that's sort of what I did when I wrote mine was the sort of personality-wise. Mm. That was fun doing the research. Yeah, we, we kind of have to move on. I, uh, I don't want to rush us, but I'm on the last cough drop. Uh. And when they run out, we're going to have to stop because I've been trying to not take them in between. Mm-hmm. And I last about two minutes. And if I start coughing, we've had it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get cruising. So we're having a party. And uh, Hermione's big question to Luna, she sort of herds her off to one side because she has a question. She wants to know, has Draco really always wanted to be her friend? And Luna says, yes, that's true. It's not something he's thought about consciously, but he's always mm-hmm. been impressed by her. Right. And, you know, he's... And you know, she's, she's wondering if, if, you know, he's going to keep what he... Pro- you know, he's going to keep his promise to her. And Luna's just kind of like, well, you know, he better or else I'm going to leave him. Um, I love him and I wouldn't marry anyone else, but I wouldn't marry anyone who kept a promise, who didn't keep a promise that that's important in the middle of a freaking war. Like, I I mean, but I mean, he's he's not going to break his promise because he's Mm -hmm. a good guy. Um, So then we move into the singing portion of the evening, which kind of makes me scan because I don't know the tune to this and I looked up uh, the words and it was hysterical and I fell out of my chair laughing I mean it, it, it's it's just I mean there are some <laughs> cute moments I think it's you know cute that Ron sings off key um, I, mm-hmm. I, I am I am one of those members that I, I have read Lord of the Rings enough times that I have I have a tendency to scan over indented text particularly when it's centered like this. Yep. Um, just because nine times out of ten, it's not important. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, it's fun, we, but there's a reason we spend most of the scene in the side room with Andromeda and the girls. Yes. Who are, uh, yeah. And then They're having their own kind of party. Have Draco waking up. And he's got the yellow strip inside his bed curtains, so he knows he's home. Yay! And it's Saturday. It's Saturday. That's even better. Yep. Yep. Gets up and he heads down the stairs. And it's early because the households are the only ones awake. And he has to get one of them to send a message to London. But no message was needed because his mom was already there. (laughs) And so Draco goes over to her and she comforts him. Yeah. And he cries. Poor Draco. I want to hug him now. So apparently we're proving your theory because there's no way Marcus could have gone and got Sassy. She wasn't at Hogwarts at the Mm -hmm. time. There we go. So, yeah. yeah, I couldn't save her. I couldn't do anything. I didn't even know what he was going to do. And she says, you know, she would not have wanted you to save her if it meant giving up your own life. And, yeah. And there's there's, I mean, she she made her own choice, and there's no going around it or making excuses. And she says, since the choice was among the three of you, and, and Draco's just like, what? Like, there were three of us? And Tessie points out that her, his father had a choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Severus said to her that he was slightly pitiful that Lucius hadn't, hadn't enough wit to figure out the true worth of his family members. I wonder, can you AK yourself? Probably. I, have, I, I would say yes. You would have to have a lot of self-loathing, but you could do it. Mm-hmm. I was I, wondering about that earlier, whether in fact there would be some other way to power it than necessarily hating yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yes. I don't, I, I mean... It's... I guess it's not really that you hate your target, although that helps. It's that you really want them to die. Yes. And if you really, really want, want to you, die... You yep. die. So, so, I mean, it's, it's not like it's yeah. a huge challenge. It's just... I would, I would love to... I mean, I know science and magic don't always, you know, culminate, but I would love to see equations on, on how this would work. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> What? What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you just did it right there. <laughs> I'm probably oh, I'm sitting on my cord is what I'm doing, so it's moving and I move. Okay, I'm probably uh, doing the go. same thing because I'm cold and I keep adding layers and layers and layers. But I just, it just kept making a funny noise, and I was curious. <laughs> no big deal. I just was curious. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, so sure, I like that. What they decide is that. You know, he thinks about killing Lucius, but then it's, you know, there's a little voice on his in his head kind of thing. And it's like, don't kill him. Pray that he lives a long time because uh-huh. he'll suffer a million times more than he would in that moment of terror before death. Mm-hmm. This is actually Narcissa coming and talking to him through Cecilia and because this is her plan. She doesn't want him to die because she wants him to suffer. Right. And, and, and you know what? It's interesting. I almost think that um, Azkaban isn't the way I would want Lucius to go at this point. Oh? But, you know, well, I mean, if you let him, 
you know, live free. He's lost. He's lost everything. Mm-hmm. So if you let him, if you let him just go, and you know, like he's gonna real, uh, I he's gonna realize everything he's lost, and that's gonna just eat away at him mm-hmm. until the day mm-hmm. he dies. Yeah, but he's still so dangerous. If you could take yeah. away his wand and his magic or something like that, and then let him go. Yeah, mm-hmm. make him. I'm sure there are potions in the Harry Potter world that makes you nothing more than a squib. Voldemort has used them on Harry. God knows how many times in fix. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, just give him one of those potions. You're nothing more than a squib. And, and you know, you can yeah. live a long, healthy life as a muggle. <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the worst punishment in the world for, for Licious. Yep. Take I think away that may have happened in one of Anne's other facts or something <laughs> fairly close to it. Probably it. Fact she's written that's all about Lucius Malfoy having a very, very bad day. And I think Malfoy Manor gets sold and turns into a muggle orphanage or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah, there you go. I could be combining more than one fic in here. I don't know. I do tend to do that sometimes. but. Yep. Yeah. So his mom's back and he... Uh, she wants to know if he wants her company, and he says yes, but then he also has some questions. And is there any way someone in the world where he comes from could know about this world? And he kind of... Uh, could know about says, the protective yeah. sign that he uh-huh. saw mm-hmm. Andromeda using. But yep. we're going to have breakfast so first. They, yes, they yeah. move on to talk about that. But we don't get to hear it yet. Because no. uh, we're we visiting Aurora. To the afternoon. Yes. And Aurora's having a fun time playing with the light. And apparently, this protection sign and the traditions associated with it are old enough that it could have been, they could have existed in his world before the split as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort of behind a lot of the pure blood traditions. So. Yeah. And it's also possible that it it's died out in the canon world, but Andromeda I, I I believe in canon Andromeda is a Ravenclaw, and uh, she no, she's got to be a Slytherin. She's a Slytherin. It, uh, so many people have gone back and forth on that. Like I, I forgot, but I, I I mean I could picture her after being her being disowned, like her researching like mm-hmm. old pure blood traditions and coming across the sign of the protection. Yeah. Mhm. Slytherins can research too. Yep. I've just seen Andromeda has, as a, a Ravenclaw like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. It would work, but I don't know. And dragons here. Yes. And basically yep. they're, it sounds like they're trying to sort of adopt him into the, into Lupin and Danger's family. Beauvoir. Beauvoir. Beauvoir family. Mm-hmm. So that he's really part of them. And, you know, he's, and he kind of thinks, no, I don't want to be beholden to anybody. And then he thinks about it. And he's like, wait a minute, who am I fooling? <laughs> and he mm-hmm. decides, yeah, this is what I want. It's not he's like got- he was a free agent before with the dark mark in his arm. So. Right. And, it, and it's not like he has any family to go back to. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to choose a new name. Luke. <laughs> and he's chosen Luke, like Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But not because and- of that, even though that is fun. Um, because it's close to his father, but that just reinvent, you know, he, he, he knows that Lucius wasn't all bad. 
Um, that there were good things about him, but he let his fear rule over the rest of himself. And he wants to remember the good things and let the bad ones go if he can. Mm-hmm. And and reinvent the kind of reinvent the name. Yep. There you go. And so they go. And what they're actually what they're actually doing is he's about to be knighted, which mm-hmm. is why Mooney saying we can prepare for your big night is a grown worthy pun. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dum And on to eighty seven. We're back to Canada. In which. Remus is accusing Tonks of getting him drunk. <laughs> Which she did. Very, very good, yes. She kept taking the alcohol out of Harry's drinks and putting it in Remus's. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of it. Harry got buzzed too, but Remus got an awful lot of it. Mm-hmm. But she's also got the hangover potion, so that's good. I like yep. that it's not quite as bad as Wolfsbane. <laughs> you no. can totally tell the the age of an author because if they're under twenty one, there's no mention of a hangover potion. They just like bounce up and they're they're raring to go. And if they're over twenty one, like the hangover potions are are coming, you know, almost immediately after they wake up. Oh, I need a hangover potion. Right now. <laughs> oh, I find it so funny. Some of it depends on what they're doing, too, because I imagine Butterbeer can't get you all that drunk. Yeah, but no, I've, seen, I've, I've seen authors that are clearly on the young side that have, you know, Harry and Ron, you know, doing shots of, like, fire whiskey, and they just wake up the next morning and, and you know, they're it's like, fine. yeah, they're yeah. fine, nothing's happened, it's like they got a full night's sleep, and it's just like... Yeah. Doesn't actually happen. No, no, it doesn't. And poor Remus yeah. has just realized that Molly is going to kill him. Yep, he's because, just realized this. I don't need to that out already. Oh uh, yes, but Ron was one thing. He's also corrupted Ginny. Oh, and Tonks is like, uh, yeah, no way. Ginny was already corrupted. She grew up <laughs> with all the boys, and I think we should just make sure Molly never ever finds out, and then everybody will be safe. Which so means I, she'll know within a month. Yep. Yeah, basically. Yep. So this, always, will tell her. This, this is totally in, in character, but like this always really gets me frustrated when like you know the, they don't care about con- corrupting the guys, but when it comes to the girls, like oh, don't corrupt them. It's just like the girls get corrupted faster than the guys do. Like yeah, the time. <laughs> and, you know. I, I was I was corrupted <laughs> by like fifteen, and my parents still don't think I'm corrupted. Oh, well. And you all know I have one of the dirtiest minds on Puffa. <laughs> Is this really what you want to be known for? <laughs> hey, my introduction to the fandom to Puffa was a lot worse, trust me. <laughs> uh, if you want to give Wet me the stress, I... dirtiest <laughs> mind on Pepper. Okay, I'll go change your status, no worries. There's the next Witch Weekly contest. Who's the dirtiest mind? <laughs> oh, I gotta go do that again. Yes, thank I you mean, for uh, I'm I'm just saying like I don't understand like what is this the fifties? Like like girls get corrupted so much like faster than the guys do because the girls don't you know the the parents are looking the other way and the girls go sneak off and get corrupted on their own. Like but, but I mean <laughs> that sounded really dirty. <laughs> oh that happens too. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Maybe you're just better at disguising it. I don't know. Tonks has a gift for Remus. 
And she's Uh-oh. a little worried about how he's going to react to it. And so she wants him to look at it and think about it, but not to react. Yeah, so she, she says, don't reject this just because I have to be involved. Because if you do, I will scream. And the next scene is, what's that? I, heard, I thought I heard somebody screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nothing's wrong. Fr- frustration. Ginny pushed the door shut with a foot. None of our concern. Hermione and Lola both looked at his looked at her. She returns the look blandly. In a house with Fred and George, you learn the difference. It yeah, sounded like punk. I wonder what it's about. See, see, <laughs> girls get corrupted, you know, quicker than you think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And basically, it's the werewolf spell. And yep. it's, you know, and Remus is being him. stubborn. Of course he is, because he's Remus. Yep. And he's and afraid that's what to he try does. anything. Mm. And he doesn't want to do it because it's basically... The way I understand it, and like it's been a while since I've reread it, but it's kind of like almost a binding spell, and I don't know if I'm using that word right, but the, mm-hmm. they're bound to each other, and through that, the lycanthropy basically just disappears because they become almost, I want to say house elves, I'm not sure that's right, mm-hmm. but they become dependent on each other and responsible for each other and things like that. Am I remembering this right? Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly like house elves. It's more like... It's a spell that's powered with love. Yeah. And it's the opposite of hate. But it's, you know, it's got to be done and it's got to involve Tonks. And it's he's just not sure that he wants to do that. But hopefully he's smarter Mm -hmm. than this. I got it. There was originally a spell. Oh, go ahead. It, it, it's kind of like in Aragon, if you guys have read Aragon. Nope. It's mm-hmm. a really good book. Um, okay. Where so, so the plot of this book is that this young boy finds a dragon egg, and he touches it, and the dragon chooses him as her writer, and they have to walk through their the rest of their lives as a pair because they're matched together yes. um, mm-hmm. for all eternity, both, you know, mentally and physically. And one cannot live without the other person, um, without severe, like, with, with, a, with a, no, not like that. It, it, it's, it's literally where um, if, one die, if one being dies, the other goes through severe mental turmoil and physical turmoil and most of the time they'll die without their partner. It's like Mm -hmm. having getting married except to the point where you are physically bound to that person Mm -hmm. and you are responsible for all their actions and all, you know, everything that they are, you are now a part of that. Mm -hmm. And that concept with dragons particularly actually originated much earlier with the Anne McCaffrey books. I don't know yes. if you've read any of those. I've, I, yeah, I was, that was, no, that was, those are Pern. Okay. That was the chasing, but I finally, I spotted my eldest book and I was like, oh yeah, it's like that. It's like the dragon. Mm-hmm. So he's basically... It's the, basically super soulmate powers activate, but the yes. only thing they do is keep him from turning into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. And it's also... <laughs> I mean, it's less super soul my powers activate because if they step a toe out of line, then there are severe ramifications. Consequences, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this whole thing, she's actually gone through quite a bit of history to make it 
work that something like this exists. It started out as a control spell for when the evil wizards used werewolves to patrol their places, and it was powered by hate. And as mm-hmm. long as the werewolf hated their master, they were under their control, which was... And you know, that's another animal story. <laughs> and somebody took that spell and adapted it, and basically what they do is cast the same spell twice. And this is the part that's really sticking with Remus, is that in order to have um, his werewolf under control, he also has to cast the spell on Tonks so that he has a reciprocating control of her. And Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. And here we have, at the end of this, we have, uh, we make Cat's point about girls and corruption because... (laughs) Uh, Luna says Andromeda makes the wolf be- wolf's bane potion for him now. She said if she has to have a werewolf in her house, she wants to know what he's getting into. And she <laughs> says, her daughter? <laughs> and Hermione's like, uh, he's infecting you. Dirty, dirty minds. And Ginny's like, you've met my brothers. You really think I didn't think like this before? Come on! <laughs> for the record, like, the only brother that I have is nothing like she, he's not dirty at all. Like I was not corrupted by by my family. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, I, I know because I I know really exactly how I got corrupted. But no, I know exactly how, but not by my family. I shocked my family. I I I my my parents my my family doesn't know the half of who I am because I can't show them my corrupted side. <laughs> I'm still innocent to their into their opinions. Yeah. I showed my cousins and they were gobsmacked. <laughs> I, I will corrupt. I will correct myself. I was innocent until I. It, it was revealed that I had a tattoo. Oh, there you go. Uh, and then it's suddenly like, oh whoa! <laughs> Someone went off the rails without us knowing. <laughs> Fear the silent ones. He's still Remus is still trying to figure out if this is really something he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And he puts the papers mm-hmm. aside and he looks at her and he says, is this really what you want to do? Mm-hmm. A marriage is one thing, even a child. But this is a bond that doesn't look like it can ever be reversed. And she says, it's powered by love. If I ever stop loving you, it stops working. That ought to just, you know, it ought to work forever then because I'm never going to stop loving you. And her, Remus is doing his hating himself thing and Tonks knows exactly how to you know, make, make sure he snaps. Just slap him. <laughs> Get him back in place. Yes, she slaps him and then she gets him thinking about other things. Yep, and they <laughs> don't breathe for over a minute. God knows what they were doing. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then we move to 88. Be careful and they're back. What you interpret. And they're back in mm-hmm. the AU world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where there's a meeting in the Great Hall, and they've got trouble. Right here in River City. <laughs> a little bigger trouble than a pool table, I think. Yeah. It's a major Dementor attack on Manchester. Mm-hmm. And somebody's taking the wards down, or showing the Dementors a weak spots, and they have to so, work out what's going on. I'm a little confused. Okay. Um... <laughs> No, knowing as I know because of Hufflepuff fan where Manchester is, 
And knowing, as I know, because of Hufflepuff fan, where Hogwarts is about supposed to be, mm-hmm. why are they concerned about Manchester, England, when it's about seven hours south of them? Just because it's such a big uprising, and that but, but 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 no, but I'm saying, why isn't the Ministry concerned, and why is it, like why are they like calling a meeting in Hogwarts? Like, oh, we must be concerned. Like, well, the Ministry is inept. I don't care where it is, and. <laughs> You know, it's, this is just to... the big, first big sign. It doesn't matter where it is. It's the first time a large city has been attacked. Right. Yeah, I just find it odd that it's it's so. I mean, London's one thing, but like Manchester, and then they're not calling a meeting in London, and it's a Hogwarts, and just it it seemed a little far fetched. It doesn't necessarily so... say that there isn't another meeting or other meetings in various other places, but the people who are at Hogwarts are having their own meeting. Okay, I guess. Yep. It's just, it, it seems kind of weird. Like, like they, didn't, they didn't call a meeting when Sirius Black was two towns over. Yeah, well. They're, they're calling a meeting because the Dementors attacked Manchester. Like, really? But it's, it's a foreshadowing of what's coming, and if they're getting bold enough to attack cities that big... And they have this thing where they're letting, somehow letting others, you know, the wards down. And they know they've got uh, Aunt Bella, mm-hmm. I can't remember what we call her, Isabella, in, mm-hmm. in custody. So she's not doing that, obviously, which is what she did at Hogwarts. So how are they able to do that? That's going to be a concern. And right. for sure that's mm-hmm. going to be something that they're going to want to talk about because Hogwarts is... A target, and it's always yeah. been a target, and so I I didn't have trouble with it at all. I I didn't have any trouble. I was just playing devil's advocate because uh, we got to argue mm-hmm. over something. Okay, mm-hmm. but I just like being three difficult. more chapters. Stop all arguing. Right, fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so Dumbledore is holding the assembly, and he tells them what's going on. We know for sure there are 34 people kissed. There are over 100 missing. Most of those are probably okay. They're just separated from their uh, means of communication. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably find them, but we don't know at this point. And 34 is definitely pretty bad anyway. But the main problem is that the Dementors seem to have done it themselves. It wasn't a wizard or witch pointing out a weak spot. It seems to be that a Dementor has taken a human soul and kept it instead of making another Dementor, and therefore they now have human intelligence. Right. Across the room, Harry uttered one word. It was short, Anglo-Saxon, and summed up Draco's feelings perfectly. <laughs> yes. Yes, Potter, I think we all agree on that one, though some of us might have put it differently. <laughs> Like, and everybody bloody comes hell, up with their own way to say it. Yes. And Professor McGonagall says, Quiet! Thank you. Silence reigns. And they left a message. And this is another thing that they're bringing everybody together for, because anybody who could possibly recognize what their message was, they want to know. Because right. mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to read at this point. It's very um, squiggly and blotted. And Draco kind of gets a message in his head of himself and Abby leaving the Great Hall and going to Mooney and Deja's room. And so that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legilimency. Professor Riddle has passed it on by legitimacy. Yep. So, and 
Um, <laughs> we have a, there are some fun moments in here as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They finish the assembly basically, and Dumbledore says, "Okay, uh, breakfast will be ready any time now." And Marcus says, "You expect us to eat after all that?" And <laughs> apparently, he's another one who really likes his food. Mm-hmm. He says, "I am not a walking stomach. It's rude to the house elves not to eat what you're given." Right. Yep. And of course, you're always the soul of courtesy. Always. Yep, absolutely. So Draco and Abby head off to meet the adults because Mooney can read the message mm-hmm. through his horrible handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's not because he was eaten by a dementor. It just he always had horrible handwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's another weird prophecy. I, I love Abby, though. It's such a daughter thing to do. That, you know, his, they're they're all working on this, you know, whole, like, thing that death might be on the, the doorstep tomorrow. And she's like, don't I read a hug? So it says, yeah. serpent of stars grows strong. We grow stronger. Give him to us or we take him. The prophecy is wrong. We are your destiny. And basically, the serpent of the stars is... Draco, Mm -hmm. but they think that they're going to be stronger, and this is why we're having our meeting at Hogwarts, because this says, give him to us or we will take him, so they know that they're coming. Mm -hmm. They are coming. And this is the first Draco really knows about a prophecy. He had it mentioned by Isabel, but nobody else has told him, so Mm -hmm. they hand over the other prophecy that we've heard of earlier in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he reads it over again. And he's. And this is when we hear that they know the handwriting because it's Peter's. And apparently, this Peter acquitted himself quite differently than the canon Peter did. Yeah. He uh, ran out into the open to get the Dementors' attention and lured them away so that Sirius could get the Muggles to safety. Mm-hmm. And he got kissed for his pains. Basically, he was acting like everybody thought Peter Pettigrew acted like for 12 years. Uh-huh. But he really did. And then they said, you know, we're going to find him. Yeah. We find out for his bravery that he's been condemned to this wretched life, half-life, and we've lived in happiness and peace. And I know brooding on it doesn't do any good, but it just makes me miserable. And Danger says, we'll find him and we'll cast the warrior Patronus and we'll free him. Mm-hmm. And if I have to, I'll even throw in a bar of chocolate. Right. <laughs> and on we move. Uh-huh. We find Lord Albus at Hogwarts. And he's got a whole bunch of people wandering into his office, it looks like. Uh-huh. But and my internet is refusing to load a new page. Uh-oh. <laughs> To do anyway, go on. So, they uh, he wants to know how Draco is and how he's taking the news. And we find out that he's worried and he's a little bit fearful, but he's not paralyzed and he's able to joke about it. So, he's gonna be okay. And he's glad it doesn't call her for his death, um, <laughs> yeah. like the Harry's does. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, did I, I, I forget this. Fic is so long. Did they figure out Her- Harry's uh, prophecy in this world? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. that. So, I'm the not Ministry sure. of Magic has sent a message saying 
We need to turn over Draco right now. Idiots. Because that's what the Dementors no. have demanded, and yes. that's what the Ministry does every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no one's about to do that, because... Yeah. I love Remus. Trust the Ministry. If there's a way to make a bad situation worse, they find it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So... And Dumbledore says, okay, calm down. We're not necessarily going to do that, but we need to work out what else to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a momentous decision. We need to know what exactly we're going to be doing. Yep. And if we refuse, then what's going to happen to us and the people living here? So <laughs> we uh, decide, you know, they decide. And, th- and there's a possibility of invoking Hogwarts local authority, so they don't have to give him up, but that would really uh, piss off the ministry. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore has... Another possible idea, what about Draco going into hiding? Yeah, because if they take him into the ministry and he falls asleep, then he's going to disappear and they're going to think he's escaped and then he's going to come back. And if he's in Azkaban or something, then he'll be disappearing into his world, Azkaban, and that would not be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think they have an Azkaban, but still. Yes, they do. Well. Oh, wait, which? This universe. Mm -hmm. This yeah. world wouldn't have an Azkaban because they have no control over the Dementors. That's mm-hmm. true. But I suppose they might still have prison there. I don't know. He's, and so we have Draco who's got, okay, let's see, I have two options. I can hide or I can get caught by the Ministry. Hmm. Hide it is. Go hide, yeah. And so they can't know where he's going to be uh-huh. because they need to be able to tell the truth. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know where he is. He went somewhere. Who knows? He's, I, don't, I haven't heard from him. Yeah. And Hermione being highly disconcerted by this whole idea of wise dementors because it just shouldn't work. Right. And uh, trying to work out how it's done. Mm-hmm. She equates mm-hmm. to pregnancies. Like- but she thinks maybe that kooky Aunt Isabella was part of it somewhere. But mm-hmm. she can't have been the one who came up with it or did it, or she would have used that. So right. she must, she's probably was around and knew it's possible, but hasn't been able to do it herself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for that, it had to have been someone else. Mm-hmm. We find out that, that uh, Draco gets a bottle from Professor McGonagall that when it's operating. It's a soul flask. Yeah, it attracts the souls into it, and then you can carry them and release them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's the Ghostbusters thing. <laughs> containment unit, whatever they call that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we know that they want to know about, you know, if you're dragging the soul out. When, you, mm-hmm. when the Dementors kiss, them, kiss somebody, they're dragging the soul out, and that's why... Mm-hmm. They become like they are. But if you're dying and your soul is released and it's caught in the soul flask, then it's very different because the soul's not being drug out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. but Draco wants to know, you know, if Isabel could figure this out and do it, why couldn't Snape just have gone back into his body? And that's why, because right. he's been literally torn from it and can't fit anymore. Uh-huh. But his body's still alive. And, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Which fun. gives Draco several tiny bits of ideas that he hasn't quite put together. 
in which most of the people reading put together quick more quickly than he does, but but he knows enough to borrow off the soul flask because he thinks it might be useful. Yes. Yep. And they head out. They head off to the room of requirement. Yep. Where Craig's going to hide. So his friends can find him and bring him meals, but none of the adults will know where he is. And the room of requirement will protect him from the ministry because they won't know how to get in. Even if they knew there was a room of requirement, they couldn't get in there. So that works. And finally, there are Slytherin banners in the room of requirement. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And there was much rejoicing. So it's actually made itself into a sta- ship stateroom, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as he walks in, there's a, a banner that opens up. So Draco and Megan start to t- start to talking mm-hmm. about healing spells, and Megan uh, kind of knows what he's asking about uh, Canon Hermione, and says it's it's very complicated. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I, I figured that much. <laughs> and Megan kind of yeah. scolds him and says, there, there can still be a way. Right. Um, and Megan apparently has been researching this, mm-hmm. like the good Ravenclaw heir that she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <And> Since we- <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> that was when he lost his hand, so she's been reading up on it. And, and there's something that they can actually do. Yes. Yeah. And then we switch to chapter 90. Be yes, careful who you challenge, whom you challenge. Well, and we and have Draco waking up with Dragon Charlie. Roar! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Dragon Charlie. Yeah, Dragon Charlie's good. Yep. All right, he's up. I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> Sounds like Harry. And yep. apparently the ministry had, is giving up on trying to find Draco in Hogwarts because they can't find him. That was fast. Everywhere. (laughs) And (laughs) I love Dragon. Luna told me once about little blood sucking things called politics. (laughs) (laughs) She said they get everywhere and make the ministry stupid no matter what what world you're in. Yep. (laughs) That sounds like a perfect Luna thing. (laughs) And well, because it's, it's, I mean, it's such, it's a, such a wonderful plan word. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Draco agrees that, you know, Luna's probably right. Um, and he kind of, he misses her, of course. Um, he has a little and, bit of a moment there, but tells himself not to be a pervert. Catches himself. The kids. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she'll, Luna's coming back, um, no later than Mulpargus Night, which is approaching. Right. So all he can really do is, you know, watch the TVP and wait. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything is And he's okay. going through his list, making sure he's got everything that he needs. And mm-hmm. he's pretty sure he's going to need that soul flask, but he can't figure out why. why? <laughs> 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 Sorry. And in the meantime, Dragon Char- Charlie's sticking his tongue out with eggs on it. Mmm, yummy. Mm-hmm. Seafood. And his sister is not appreciative at all, or at least Abby's not appreciative at all. This reminded me of like how yeah, I interact with, with my brother. Except I was Dragon Charlie and my brother was Abby. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Draco threatens to make seat belts on the chairs so they'll sit down. And behave. And eat. 
and, and they've got the two-way mirrors so that Draco can watch the final defeat of the Ministry um, via Aunt Cynthia. There's a knock at the door, and Dragon yeah, can, we're gonna go in. away, no one's home! <laughs> and everyone laughs, and it's Harry and the Weasleys. Yeah. Uh, and lots of other people. Lots of other people. Yeah, all the kids come in, don't they? Or most of them. Yeah. Including Pansy Parkinson, which I really, really... I love this. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out that, of course, the person from the ministry is Dolores. Hello, Toadie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently this Pansy is uh, boy is Dudley's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Or at least a muggle boxing champion, but probably yeah. Dudley. <laughs> and we have Dumbledore saying it was confirmed because earlier in the in Be Careful, yeah. Pansy got something from Dudley Dursley. Right. Um, yeah, I and it, that. it's based. I mean, it's, oh right, it's, the, uh, the evil overlord list. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, they're going on about apparently that they have to have a sacred d- duty to spread magic throughout the world to you know do away with mu- the muggles this way. Um, yeah. Their interesting parody reversal of the marriage law. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So they, uh, Dumbledore says, "I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know where he's gone. He's simply nowhere to be found." And Dumble and Dolores is giving him a sharp look, and they start. The kids start like booing and hissing and blowing raspberries, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh no, she can hear us!" That totally makes me think of uh, a movie. Actually, it was a book first. Uh, it's about these two spies that have given up being spies to be parents and they don't do a very good job of it. And all these things have been happening, but they are taking a, a little moment in, in bed and getting a little romantic. And she says, kill the light. And it's meaning turn it off. And he like rolls over and karate chops it across the room. And <laughs> she's like, that's not quite what I had in mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Umbridge being Umbridge has gained access to things that she should not have access to. Of course. And has has discovered that Draco Malfoy didn't exist before Cecilia Black adopted him. Right. Really, they just figured this out. (laughs) (laughs) The ministry's slow. Apparently. Um, So... But obviously he exists. He signed the contract. Yeah. But since we can't find him... since they can't find him, can't prove that he exists. And, you know, Celia kind of explains that as, like, he has no obligation towards your ministry because he doesn't belong to your ministry. He only attends school here. Um, he doesn't, he hasn't done anything wrong and he doesn't want any questions, so he just disappeared. Yep. And Amber just, you know, of course, you know, oh, so you knew where he went. And Cecilia is being the perfect Slytherin and turning turning a phrase, and you know, like I never said that. I just know he disappeared, and yep. I don't know where he went. And none of his teachers know. Mm-hmm. He told no one where he was going. He simply went. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love this um, when she's talking about the young gentleman that he is. That I know he is. And Jake was like, "Her words, not mine." <laughs> 
this because mm-hmm. she feels that he'll come back if he feels safe about you know safe, but it'll only happen or when that happens. No, if it happens, if you still have questions, request that he come to the ministry and answer them, and he'll consider the request instead of being ordered. Yeah, I I do love that this line was given to uh, Tom Riddle. Uh, and this is magic, not muggle chemistry. Success or failure may hinge on having the proper person in the proper place at the proper time. He emphasized the last words very heavily. We have reason to believe that the proper time is, time is not yet. Soon, but not yet. Draco has other tasks he must perform before the time is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ridge, um, of course, goes, is that your final answer? <laughs> Jeopardy! You refuse to give him up to me, to us, the ministry? Yes, the lawful, magical, governing body. And uh, Dumbledore says, well, we can't give him up. We don't know where he is. It's not we're refusing. We just can't do it. Right. And she's like, it's the same thing. How long have you been planning this? How long have you been hoping for an opportunity to stand alone and try your rights as a holder of this castle? Yeah. She's going to cause trouble. I can tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Dumbledore's right, you know, causing a power struggle at this point is stupid. Why would I do this? We need to stand together. Yep. And and she immediately um, ignores his device, advice and says, oh, well, if you don't produce him, the Dementors will be here and whenever they're here and you won't get any help from us, which is, you know, exactly what? the opposite of what he's just been trying to say. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Honestly. Oh, well. And, you know, they're all a little, you know, Draco's a little afraid by this, and Abby just kind of says what needs to be said. They can't have you, she whispers. Yeah, you're mine. I won't let them. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that. I know, I know. Yep. It's the feeling Um, of family. mm Mm-hmm. You joined ours almost a week ago, remember? And it made you stronger. Your soul, your magic... It's why the Dementors noticed you all of a sudden, because your magic got strong. She smiled at him. Because you have all of us to help you. You're one of us now, even more than when Ancestry adopted you. Which I love so much. Because, I mean, of all the characters in the Harry Potter world, in canon, Draco's the one who's the most alone. Mm -hmm. And he has no one. He has everything and has nothing at the same time throughout all seven books. He's the only one who really doesn't gain much on 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 the page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's you it, he's the guy you love to hate. Hey, you know, I'm I'm just like, you know, the rest of them. I hate Draco Malfoy. Right. On in the canon. But this story is just it it's so much of this is everything Draco Malfoy never knew he was missing. Mm-hmm. And everything he gains in the space of a year. Right. And Abby lets slip a little tidbit here because she says, The world you came from might be dark, but it still has light. Even when I visited with you, Luna was there to save us from the Dementors. And he's like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. She didn't tell you? I guess I get to tell you. And he's like, yeah, you better start talking right now. Yep. <laughs> and uh, But since we already saw that, we don't get to hear what she says. Nope. Nope. And that's the end of this podcast. This episode. Is it till ninety or is it ninety one? No, it's till ninety. Mm-hmm. Eighty to okay. ninety. Okay, it's ten. Just a ten pod, ten chapter episode this time. Yes. Well, yeah. we do we do twenty, but we split them in in half. 
Right. So this is twenty. So okay. we have one more more podcast left. We do two more recordings. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> We're going to find out what's going to happen with all this stuff. Next week, here on Popo. You guys, the, the people out in the listener land don't understand how long we've been doing Be Careful. Mm-hmm. I myself am a little tired of Be Careful. <laughs> it has been going on. It, it has been. It's going, been going on forever, and I've been on every single podcast with, you know, Scott and Sue, and mostly Mooney. So, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, there's a world outside of Be Careful and school. Like, what? Yeah. What? Have you been on the first one? What? So, I was on the first one. I, I, was, I, was was I, one. I don't think you were you on were the first on the, one. I think you, you weren't right. on the, like, the first two. I started um, in chapter 11. Yeah, you, you weren't on the first two. Um, but <laughs> when Scott suggested this, I demanded to be on as many as I could, and apparently no one really wanted to tackle this gigantic monster. Um, <laughs> so there we go. So there we go. Um, so I Not mean, that we don't still love it, but yeah. It's oh, a no, big I, story. This is, this, is is story. Of, this is one of my favorite fics of all time, but at the same time, it's 111 chapters, and we're taking it 10 chapters a week. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not that I'm I'm... I'm overwhelmed by the length of it. It's just that, you know, normally I go through 111 chapters in like four or five days and then I'm done with the story and I can put it down Mm -hmm. and go on to, you know, Clash of Kings or or whatever else I'm reading and, and doing this this way. It's, you know... I can't really pick up another project because then I'm going to get mixed up on what's going on here. And, mm-hmm. um, it's been, I'll be careful all the time. It feels like we've been going on for like two months. I think, I think so. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's been insanely long. <laughs> so is there anything you want to say about what we just read? Um, these were, I, I will say that this is the chapter set that, that sold me on Draco Malfoy for, the second time in my life. I had approached this story as this is the Draco Malfoy that I hate. This is the Draco Malfoy. Because I had just come off of reading um, and Stangerverse where it's Draco Black and I really enjoy that character because he's very, he's a lot more complex. And I, I was expecting to really hate this character and, and you know, I, this chapter set is where I you know, very clearly found that I am similar. I, I have similarities to Draco Malfoy, and I totally understand where he's coming from. And the first time I read this chapter set, I had to, like, sit for a full, like, three days and just process the fact mm-hmm. that I had qualities in common with Draco Malfoy because I hated him so much for such a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say this definitely changed my perception perception of who he is as a character um and every time i go a year or so without reading this i forget and then i read it again and i remember why i you know don't mind Drake of so much mm-hmm. <laughs> Rudy? um i've just been rereading this and it's been really fun of course what i'm doing now is reading it right before the podcast starts so i haven't been able to go as slowly as I would like. So I've been sort of skimming through it. One of these days I will wait some time and read it again, but I've really, really, really enjoyed it. I, I think I was kind of glad to get time before I started it. Right. Um, you know, not as it was, it was going along. 
so it gave me some time to think about it and start it instead of, you know, jumping into it and going, what's going on? But mm-hmm. I'm glad that things are looking up for Draco and I feel really bad for him and I want to hug him and yeah, anyway. <laughs> Careful, your Hufflepuff is showing. <laughs> I know. I think mostly we covered the various things that we think as we went through. Uh, I'm still really enjoying this story and I quite, this is sort of, these are the chapters where things have started heating up. We're really getting to the, we're building up to the climax. I think the climax of both sets of stories will happen in our next podcast before the end. But um, it's always fun to read. It's interesting to see the differences between the various analog characters, which I think we talked about earlier. And uh, in this portion specifically, it's uh, rather fun to see Lucius get his comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And um, there's all sorts of good stuff to find. As many times as I read this over, I usually find something else. So I hope okay, you're Scott. all enjoying it as well. I think I was mostly done anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> I like that this in these chapters we're starting to get things together. We you know, we go through some hard times with Draco and with Hermione, but there's good times too. And we find that Draco's you know, we've known Draco's had a plan all along, but now the plan's starting to come together. He's not quite sure how it's all going to come together, but it's coming together. And I can't wait till next week when we find out exactly how it comes together and how it all turns out. Mm-hmm. So, so for this time, we're going to say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everyone. Come back good night, again. Good night. You're going to say goodnight. Night. There you go. Mm-hmm.